I'm not ready to blame it on that. Uh, but <laughs> hey, Oren, I, I heard you beat Alan Wake too. Oh, um, yes, I did. Sorry, I'm chewing a Cliff Bar. Hey, everyone, I'm chewing a rush? Cliff Bar. Jesus yeah, rush the rock. I just, for, I just forgot to um, have breakfast today or have lunch. Breakfast no, with Alan Wake, not, not the food. Uh, yeah, it's well, Oren's very dude. You know what? When I worked with Oren, he was like, get it done, dude. D dude delivers. Like, if you ever need Oren to do any project for you, motherfucker will get that shit done. And I think he takes that approach to video games. He's just like, look, I'm not here to fucking smell the ray tracing. I want to get this like fucking like, game beat. I just started. Well, I, I, mean, um, I was delayed because of technical problems and COVID. So, yeah. Anyways, well, um, I'm almost done chewing. Sorry, everyone. I'm a hungry. All right, then, hungry Nick, boy. how you doing? Or don't worry about it. You just keep chewing. Eat that Cliff Bar. <laughs> Have your breakfast, Nick. It's good to see you. <laughs> I'm super happy to be here. Thank you guys for for having me. It's been a it's been a few a few busy weeks. Uh, just finished working on a new short film. Currently editing it. Knee deep in post production. So it's been fun to just you know, chill with video games. They're a good outlet to just you know unwind. After a while, and I played a few, quite a few ones hmm. this week. So you know, I'm 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 excited to talk about them with you guys. Hell nice. yeah, good to have you. Uh, I have a Did you beat Alan Wake about that too? No, not yet. Okay, not yet. I'm like chapter five of Saga <laughs> and chapter six of Alan. I'm like eleven hours in. Okay, it feels good to have a game that's that long. You know, I will talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk about we'll get it. To it. Or anyway, Michael Alan Wake Wait, 2. Are you done eating, Oren? I'm done eating. Are, do you, you, believe do you it? need a snack? Do you need me to like grub up you something? Actually, is it cool if I just eat breakfast and I'll be back in like 30 minutes? Is that fine? Uh, I, I know a great place in Chicago, <laughs> a pizza place. We could really we could get you something delivered quick, I think. Taste of Chicago. I think they, uh, yeah, Taste no? of Chicago. Taste of Chicago is a, is a festival. Give me some um, uh, Lumalnati's. No, Lumalnati's. I really should not eat that right now because then I'll just fall asleep. I, I love just like carb loading and eating a bunch of cheese and then like going and, and recording a podcast. Puts me in the mood. It's like that and going to the gym, right? If you got like a really heavy lifting day, like one rep max day, you're like, let's eat a pizza before we go. Yeah. <laughs> It's the way to do it. So we feel less <laughs> bad about it. <laughs> I would do that. You, oh man, yeah. that's uh, actually somebody. Somebody that used to be on this podcast would do that pretty regularly. He, he did. He did all right though. Get the kind of pepperoni muscle. Pepperoni muscle, yeah. yeah. The pepperoni muscles. Yeah, protein rise right, works. It builds. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I'm not too good of an exercise, man. Uh, come on, man. Come on, man. All right. No, that's well, okay. I'm a I'm a bad nutrition man. That's my uh, problem. So <clears throat> I'm working on it every day. But I'm a good workout person. I'm all about it. I'm I'm the other way around right now. My my workouts are lacking, non-existent. Just walks. <laughs> but uh, my my nutrition's all right for the first time. Ernie oatmeal life. three times a day every day. Yeah, just oatmeal. Um, no, but that that would be. That would be a thing to do, I guess. Uh, guys, I understand that there was some kind of festival season that occurred. Is this is this is this the way to describe it? Am I describing this like a jackass? 
No, that's correct. It was. It's interesting because I'm a big cinephile, as people might know, uh, listening to the podcast. And this is the first time in my life that I've ever attended a film festival and actually went all out and saw as many movies as I could, um, which is the Chicago Film Festival. And Nick is on because you went to the Fennis Film Festival. Is that right? Yes, yes. I went back to Venice in uh, in September. I also was in Berlin. There were a couple of like smaller festivals uh, of like more independent movies, but I saw a couple of like potential awards contenders as well. So it's this is the season, you know. September, October, November is just crowded with these festivals, just pushing these bigger titles, trying to get awards attention for January and February. And yeah, I've I've, I've seen a couple good things. Um, I can I can jump into them if you want. Um, Go for it. Yeah, I've seen like, like poor, I've, I've yeah like I've I've seen poor things. The Yorgos Lanthimos film, mm. which is excellent, um, way better than I was expecting to be honest. I didn't know much about the movie going in, and it was outstanding. Just genuinely a beautifully crafted movie, um, very sensual and. <laughs> on like a sex comedy basically uh it's so blunt about you know just uh, emancipation of, of of women and and such topics that it's very refreshing i've also started reading the book and it's equally as fun and entertaining so that's one to keep your eyes on um i've watched another comedy that i think it was very good for the um, halloween season so i hope it gets released i think maybe shudder or something's gonna get, get it but it's called Humanist Vampires Seeking uh, Consenting Suicidal Person. <laughs> it's a comedy what? from Quebec. I love it. <laughs> it's just the title. Like, I remember, like, I was looking at the schedule and I was like, I don't know anything about this movie except it's in French and the title. And that's it. And I want, to, I want to watch it. It was a great book. And it's super charming little um, French, vamp- like, Canadian French uh, vampire comedy about this girl who's a vampire, her family's all vampires, and she just can't kill people. <laughs> she meets a, a, a teenager who's just heavily depressed and wants to kill himself, and so they form, like, a bond. <laughs> oh She's God. going to kill him. But they it. live, like, one last day in his life. No, it's it's delightful. I think if you like very dark comedies, like, it's dark, but it never makes fun of the more serious subjects of, like, abuse <clears throat> and, and depression and all of that. Um but if you like, um, like a girl walks home alone at night, only lovers left alive, and uh, let the right one in. Like if you love these vampire movies, it's very much in that style, only with a ton of comedy thrown in it, um, which was like big thumbs up. Like those are like I've I watched these movies a couple of months ago now, and they've stuck with me, and it's always like a very good sign. If in two months I'm still like actively thinking about some films. So those were great. And small little last one that I'll recommend um, that I saw in Berlin was Kokomo City, which mm. is an American documentary about four black transgender sex workers. 70 minutes long. It's a riot. It is entirely like okay. shot, directed, and edited by the by, by the same by the same person. Uh, and it's amazing. Like it's so fun, full of energy, full of like important interviews full of like crazy tidbits there's a lot of recreations as well of what these what these sex workers are talking about 
and I just saw it with like a packed crowd of, of very, very peculiar individuals, you could say. And there was people were clapping, they were like laughing with the movie. It was great. And I know that's been getting like some potential buzz for like documentary, the documentary circles of awards. So keep an eye out on that. So those were kind of the three highlights of this season for me. Cool. I'm curious to know what Orin watched and all of his. Uh, in his Chicago yeah. experience. Yeah, I, I watched um, Poor Things as well, which I thought was a great movie. Um, it's like, I'm really curious to see how American audiences are going to respond to it because it's a very salacious movie. Like, it's because there's always this talk and there's this talk going on right now with like Marvel movies and Martin Scorsese. And it's like, oh, like you shouldn't have sex scenes in movies because they don't drive the plot forward which is like a ridiculous argument. And I'm really curious how people are going to respond to this movie because it's so in your face with its sex comedy stuff. Like there are like smash cuts to like really lewd sex scenes and stuff. And I'm really curious. I feel like the Marvel fanboys are going to freak out like, oh my God, a, a boob. I can't do it. Um, I'm going to watch it for Mark <laughs> Ruffalo and being very disappointed by his character. He <laughs> was an amazing in performance. My he was, in my opinion, the best part of that movie. He was unbelievably funny. Like, the parts when he's, like, ripping his hair out. He's like, he's like, come back to me. Just, it's just unbelievable. What a performance. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Mark Ruffalo was definitely a highlight. But um, other than that movie, my favorite movie that I saw during festival season, but also my favorite movie of the year, is Vim Vender's new film, Perfect Days. Which Vim Vendors, he's a fascinating filmmaker because he was like an, a, a darling of the 80s with Paris, Texas and Wings of Desire. And for, for the ensuing decades, he's been more known for his like documentary work. And he hasn't really been quite as prolific. But he's kind of gone back to his roots with this new movie called Perfect Days. And he, he made it with um, in Japan with a Japanese cast and the whole movie it's just about finding inner peace through re routine and just like living your life. And I just thought it was an extraordinary movie. Like I never, when I see movies with a crowd, like it's always interesting seeing how a crowd responds to a movie. Cause as I was like leaving the theater, this like older man in front of me, like broke down crying, leaving the theater. Oh. Cause he was so moved by the movie. And this, the woman, there was a woman next to him who like looked back at him and, and she said, it's it's okay. It was a great movie. And I've like never seen something like that before. Like someone this kind of communal sense of like everyone being so moved by a movie. Um so yeah, Perfect Days, like keep your eye on that one. I don't think it's gonna come out until like early next year in the US. I don't know about Europe. I think Europe is like December, but um yeah, what a movie. I I, I can't recommend it enough. And then um, I guess if I had to throw out like a couple other ones, um, the new Todd Haynes film, May, December, with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman is a fantastic melodrama that plays with the tropes of melodrama in a really meta way. It kind of reminds me of Mulholland Drive in that way. So that's coming to Netflix, I think, in November. So, you know, May, November. <laughs> so check that check that one out as well. I thought those those were probably like the three best ones. I saw other movies 
but those were probably the standouts like really perfect days like after i saw perfect days i kind of forgot about all the other movies that i saw because i was like wow like that movie just kind of like punched me in the face but i'll i'll leave it at that um i saw a lot of great movies though like a couple other ones that i'll just quickly shout out la, la chimera which is an italian film is really good um the Taste of Things, if you love cooking, is like a really great sensual cooking drama by hmm. from, from France. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. And of course, see the new Scorsese movie. You got to see that one. That's in theaters, though. You can see it right now. It's three and a half hours, though, so don't pee before it. Or like go Three and a half hydrated. hours? Yeah, he's really yeah. Uh, one for brevity lately. That's longer than Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Enough to like Lord of the Rings oh. extended. Shorter than well, The it's... Irishman. Well, it's interesting because he's um, he's like experimenting with these longer run times because he really wants you to feel like the weight of like the genocide that you're seeing in the movie because the movie is about Native American genocide. Got it. And I, I think it's really cool. I understand that sitting in a movie theater for three and a half hours is like a lot to ask of people. But I will say like I was really taken by it when I saw it. I saw it twice, actually, believe believe it or not, and um, yeah, it was it was an experience. An experience. I think Nick, you saw that one too, right? I saw it in IMAX. It was like oh, wow. uh, first day in Berlin. I had, I had no like work plans, no meetings or anything. I was like two p.m. Scorsese <laughs> in IMAX. Yes, I'm doing it, and it was um, the best way to watch it. I think hmm. just you know me and the screen getting lost in it and the loud sound. It was terrific, absolutely terrific. I would love to watch it again, but it's only like this very tiny art house in Venice that has the worst seats. Mm. So speaking of the neck, you know, they like protrude a little bit. So you're always oh. like a bit forward with your neck. And for three and a half hours, eh, it's, 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 it's asking a lot on oh, viewers. Yeah. So I might wait for Apple Plus to rewatch it. But mm. it is worth at least one trip to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Got to find that babysitter. Um, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I'm Apple Plusing it. Good shit, guys. Uh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah, go see some movies. If not, like a lot of this stuff is coming to streaming services. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot. I actually think to put a bow on it, I think this is the strongest season for movies in like a pretty long time, probably since pre-pandemic, in my opinion. Which I think is great because I was having this existential crisis about Disney just packing the theaters with bullshit mm. and just completely shoving out any sort of like unique voices outside of Disney. But it seems like this year I'm kind of sensing a change in the tide where people aren't seeing Marvel and Star Wars stuff anymore because it's so bad and mediocre and they're like actively seeking out like better movies now. And I really love that that's happening. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Um, or uh, we already, we already, we already mentioned it, but, you have completed Alan Wake 2. If you don't mind, how long did it take you to do, roughly? Oh, my God. I lost sleep playing it. I lost sleep playing it. Um, I think, I think like, just under 30 hours. Oh, holy so, shit. Really? It's that yeah. long? 
a chunky game. Yeah, well, it depends if you do all the side stuff or not. I thought <clears throat> the side stuff was some of the best part of the game, kind mm. of like control. Yeah. Um. So I just kind of did, like, mo. Yeah, like ninety five percent of the side stuff. Um. But, yeah, Alan Wake two. Uh, I've been playing it pretty vor- voraciously since I started playing it on Saturday. I was like, and it wasn't even intentional. It was more that like I was so engaged with the storytelling that I just every time after work, I was like, gosh, I got to play some Alan Wake because I just want to see where this goes. Hmm. Um, but I guess like Nick has also played it. My high level thoughts with Alan Wake 2 before we kind of get into the nitty gritty. I think it's a 10 out of 10 multimedia experience like as as a work of art that integrates literature film video games but etc it's like one of the strongest pieces of art i've played and like as a narrative experience i was just like so blown away by it however as a video game i'm not sure it's the best game of the year i think Mm -hmm. as a video game it's actually pretty lacking in some areas especially with bugginess and some of the design choices so it's kind of a tale of two games for me which is interesting it's like on the one hand it's this incredible multimedia experience that blew my mind yeah and then on the other hand it's like a pretty like seven out of ten video game that frustrated me a lot so Mm. that's kind of where i'm at emotionally with it Hmm. um nick i was i guess i'll kind of toss the ball to you how are you feeling about it right now i am absolutely loving it i'm loving every second uh mainly because i'm i'm like unashamedly so a remedy fanboy uh always have been able i think i've talked about it on this podcast as well like my love for max Payne 2 how it changed everything and i remember like hyping up the release of alan wake back in 2010 like mm-hmm. waiting for it i remember novelization came out and they read that i was like oh yeah i don't have an xbox but i can like read the book and then it came out on pc two years later um so the fact that it like actually exists doesn't feel real. Like when they announced it last year and they're like, oh yeah, Alan Wake 2 coming out in 360 days. Like, nah, right. they're, they're going <laughs> to it, you know, this, this is not happening. I think it actually came out. Like we actually have it, not physically because damn it, but you know, it exists right. on digital stores mm-hmm. to hold. Um, it's genuinely special for me in a way I was not expecting. Um, and just jumping into it, I, I, I would say like all of the comparisons that I've read about it being the Twin Peaks, the return of video games is very apt because it does require a lot of like pre-existing knowledge of the game. I felt super, like I started replaying it recently. So when it started, I was like, oh, we're following this character. Okay. (laughs) I was not expecting that. If it had been like two more, three years, uh, I probably wouldn't have remembered about any of those details and those smaller characters. But General in general, like first thoughts, I completely agree with you, Orin. Actually, um, I do love the game. I would say it's a strong contender for game of the year for me. I want to see like what type of emotional punch it ends on. I'm super curious about that uh, because it really is kind of lacking in some parts as a video game. More so, especially the bugginess. Um, hmm. We'll we'll get more into details soon, but just the main problem that I keep on having is the aiming of the flashlight when I'm just, Mm -hmm. I keep like aiming it straight at the the shadow creatures and they're just not like getting hit by the charge. Oh, really? 
it's like, yeah, oh, you have to like to tilt too. it a bit more to the left sometimes. Sometimes huh. it's like a bit higher up. I'm like, why? I don't know. It's super weird. Like, it's not meant to be like that. So, yeah. like, the thing I have to do is always like aim with the pistol at them and then I press the charge and it actually works because otherwise it's super finicky. It was one of those things I liked about the original was just, you know, your flashlight is the reticule and it's very wide. In this mm. one, it's way too thin, I think, the spread. Mm. But those are just like, you know, the, the opening thoughts. But I, yeah, it really got to me in some parts, just uh, just with the excitement of it all. There's one musical sequence in it, uh, in Alan's storyline, that might be the best thing I've seen in a game in like two, three years. Mm. Uh, it's just incredible. Mm. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's so interesting to me because I was, after I finished it last night, I actually, instead of sleeping, just decided to spend a couple hours just like reading through reviews <laughs> of it because I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to read reviews before I played the game because I kind of wanted to go in blind. I just saw the 90 Metacritic score and I was like, okay, I'm playing this game. And it's interesting because I think the video game critics who value... Uh, video games is like a multimedia narrative form really loved the game and think it's the best game of the year but i think a lot of critics who are more video game focused people who want like a video game didn't like it nearly as much as those other critics and i mm-hmm. think that tracks because i just think um like starting with the good I just think the storytelling and the narrative and like how they integrate film and like the references to Twin Peaks, the references to like all of this other media, to Stephen King, whatever, the writing, it's like so sophisticated and so amazing what they've done. And I was so engaged with the story beginning to end. And like that as its own thing was just remarkable. Like one of like I kind of think of Sam Barlow's game Immortality. Like that game yes. it, it it got those same feelings of like, oh my God, like what am I experiencing? Like I'm so engaged in what this game is doing. But I think when it comes to just like the video gamey part of it, like I was kind of disappointed that the game kind of purports to be a detective game, mm. but I didn't feel like <laughs> I was actually solving the mystery. I feel like I was just kind of going along with what the game wanted me to do. It yeah. kind of reminded me of Deathloop a lot in that way. So, like, as a gameplay experience, I was kind of, like, disappointed by that. But it's so weird because it's, like, it has, like, these two competing philosophies where it's, like, in the main game, like, you're not really going to do the detective work. But in all the side content, you are going to do the detective work. And I actually felt like I was solving a lot of the riddles in the side content. So it was, Hmm. like, this weird discrepancy between, like, the side content really trusted you to figure stuff out while the main content didn't. And I just thought that was jarring. And like to put uh, to pass it off to you, Nick. Um, one other thing that I thought was kind of frustrating is the game is really buggy. Still, like it really feels like it needed like six more months in the oven. Mm. And I'm usually okay with that, with bugginess. But the problem is, is that sometimes the game I'm trying to like solve a problem or solve a solution, and I couldn't tell half of the time of like, oh, am I missing something or is the game just bugging out? Like, I can't tell, you know, and that feeling was really frustrating for pretty much the whole runtime. I mean, Mm. not so much in the first half, but like when I really started to feel it in the second half, I was like kind of frustrated by that. But um, yeah, it's a tale of two games for me. Like, I I 
unconditionally love one half of it and I really conditionally like the other half. So it's it's an interesting experience. Yeah. Hmm. How much time have you spent with it, Kevin? Uh I um I think I'm on so I'm in New York. Okay. Just for reference without like any specifics, but that's where I am in the game. So maybe like two hours in, roughly, if I had to ballpark it. Um I've I've really liked the parts that I played that were like heavy on the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't like the putting the note cards down part right very yeah. much. Yeah. And I was thinking like I usually like replaying survival horror games and I immediately like my first thought was like, Oh, I have to do this again. Like I don't want yeah. to do this again. Yeah, yeah. The, the note card stuff in my opinion is I don't want to say, make it seem like I'm down on the game. Cause right now it is a game of the year contender. But that, to me, was, like, the most baffling design choice were the note cards. I just don't think they work. Right. I put them, too, like, in wrong... Like, like, I didn't put them, like, right in the right quadrant of the screen. And she was like, nope. So I had to, like, put it, like, up to the left. And she was like, oh. And I was like, oh. So I just didn't place it down. I think they should, like, redo that a little bit. Because it's just... Like, I feel like if you have the note card out and you're... I don't know. I just It just felt, like, finicky and linear. In yeah. a way that yeah. I took me yeah. out of it. But when I'm like exploring as either Saga or Alan, it's like great. Like I'm like loving it. Right. The presentation of the story and the characters. Like this is like the funniest game I think I've played all year. Like I summer I like so my girlfriend Summer and I were watching it and we were like laughing our asses off. Like set so many different I was like burst out laughing during one part of the game that involved <laughs> I was just like, Oh my god, they're doing this in this game. I cannot believe where this is going. It does feel in in a way like re- the return mm-hmm. a celebration of remedy games as a whole like hey this is remedy we got like everything here like it's yeah. all the gang's all here like they even have sean ashmore from uh um, yep from yeah, break. Like, yeah, yeah, break. Wow, yeah, yeah 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 they really they got everything so i think that's it's pretty cool in that regard i guess i haven't played it too much but um the the, the i think maybe alan wake has been gameplay so far has been more compelling because he d- didn't have to put the cards down. But I'm not oh. necessarily down on Saga. Okay, maybe you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he's, he does something else, but yeah. Yeah. It's more but, active but, use of cards in Saga. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's more I, I'm really interested to see where the game goes. I, I'm, I, I, so far, I think it's, it's definitely like, it's an experience that's super unique and cool. Yeah. I, I'm I'm about uh, eight nine hours in, and my my big picture is I'm really enjoying it, and and I think that it it's I like I like everything about the game except the mind palace and the writers room. I, I every time I go back there, I'm just like, can I get a version of this game without this? Um, right. And, and I'm wondering if uh, if 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 something about and actually I don't see how this would be the case, but maybe there's something about the way that you engage with the. Uh, I don't remember if it's the mind palace or, or whatever she calls it, but and the writer's room that will at some point maybe like give you more insight into puzzles or narrative uh, mysteries later on in the game. Like, because it feels to me now, like she's just restating uh, what happened. Like uh, when you do that and, and, it, and it, I just get annoyed. I just sit there with my mouse and just like drag it until it connects so I can get out of there. Um, and it's it's yeah. a weird little wrinkle on a game that I really am enjoying, and I like that it's that it's it's not like a third person shooter shooter, you know, like like mm-hmm. it's much more of a it's got some exploration, it's it's combat avoidance, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, like 
it, we just played Max Payne. Re, we replayed Max Payne recently, yeah. and like that game, even going back, you know, twenty years, was was a sort of cinematic tour de force. Like this is like they clearly Sam Lake and and crew and all the people working on the narrative have really developed their craft to something like. Despite it's obviously very Twin Peaks: The Return, but like, um, it's 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 just such good storytelling. So I, I am enjoying it, but I find that I don't want to play it for more than an hour or two. And then I want to put it down. Like I get my fill. I, I think it's because there's been a few times where I've died and then I had to go back to the writer's room or the mind palace and put like 10 cards on the wall. And then I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'll come back tomorrow. But like, I, so I like this game a lot. My, my thought when I first started doing that stuff was it reminded me of like my least favorite part of doing the Witcher or Assassin's Creed where you have to like, Oh, hmm, the killer did this. Let me mm -hmm. do like, and you ha like, if it wasn't mandatory, like gameplay parts, I think it would be fine like, if you want it there for yourself, but it's just the fact that it's like you have to do it is really like why it feels like a bummer because it's just not – I don't find it, I guess, mechanically engaging. It doesn't really like engage my brain a ton. I'm not saying it doesn't at all, but it, just, it didn't feel like it was just doing much for me, I guess. But Well, yeah. I, I think that um, The Outer Wilds, which is one of my favorite games of all time, does a similar system, but it does it in a way where it feels like you're solving the mystery. Mm. And like, I think this is a little too, like, the game is kind of pulling you along, you know, like a little child. And it was, I, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of it, but the story I felt was always engaging. So even when I was yeah. doing the Mind Palace stuff, I was still, like, totally on board with what the story was doing. Um, yeah, I am I just, too. It, it's a really, it, it's so cool. It's kind of like, um, I just love how much it wears Twin Peaks The Return on its sleeve. It almost does it too much, but I also just kind of love it because the more I played the game, the more I realized it was kind of doing its own sort of thing, especially yeah. with the meta elements. Like, yeah. as you said, Kevin, the game is very aware that these are the people that made Max Payne, and they're, like, leaning super hard into the, to that, right? Um, <laughs> another reference in the game that I love is they clearly like Tim and Eric awesome show for like one specific aspect of the game that I don't want to spoil. But as I was watching it, I'm like, Oh my God, they watched Tim and Eric awesome show. I can't believe it. Wow. I can't wait <laughs> to see that. That sounds incredible. You'll, you'll know yeah. it when you see it. Like it's like the most Tim and Eric thing I've ever seen, but like they they clearly like love art. Like remedy just loves art. They love the history of cinema. <laughs> they love the history of literature um they're like all about the supernatural um you know federal bureau of control like um stuff like the x-files there's even an x-files reference in the game later that i loved like they just love it they, they're just so like there's a sense of uh sophistication to this game that i feel like you don't really see in a lot of video games yeah i think i think especially the exploration is the thing that's always set apart Remedy from other developers for me, which is something that, I, weirdly enough, I found kind of lacking in Control. I think Control like plays beautifully, super engaging whenever there's combat, but there's just not much of interest in the world. And almost everything that you do outside of like the side quests, everything is just picking up notes and that's it, which was a bit tiring after a while. And there's like, I don't know, six... 100,000 notes in that game. So playing Alan Wake 2, it was so... Like, it, it felt like going back to the days of, like, 
Max Payne 2 when you're in the hotel and you can enter in like six different apartments and there's a TV on with a specific show and there's the radio with the song and there's the people doing their thing and the NPCs and the enemies like everyone's doing their own thing and it makes the world feel so much more alive and the first time I played as Alan when you get into the more open section of New York I just spent I think like an hour just wandering around like exploring every nook and cranny and then what you can go on the rooftops okay and then you go up and then you take stairs that go up and they actually lead you back on the street and, <laughs> and it gets all very mind-bending and it was an absolute just joy just so joyful to to finally like re-experience something like that um and even speaking of the whole like writer's room and mind palace i definitely prefer the writer's room because it pl- like plays more actively with the actual game mechanics where you like not without spoiling things too much for Kevin as well but like it's very yeah it's very purposeful but with Saga stuff like there was one point where I forgot to open (laughs) the mind room Mm. and then she was like oh I already completed this case and then just started like putting all the different notes together so I was like whoa shit okay Uh, I guess I missed some of those (laughs) forgot to do this for a while Um, but in its defense, one thing that I appreciated, I was like reading some 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 tweets from from other uh, gamers where they were like, "Oh, I don't have that much time to like play the game every single day. So if I played like once a week, it's nice to have a reminder of like where I was at. It's like, oh, I need to find this key to open the door mm. to the coffee shop. Uh, where can I? Oh, I found this noise, and you just need to open the mind mind palace and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what I need to do next. Yeah. So it's helpful in that way. But it's so clunky, like you said, Aaron. Like it's so slow, like so slow, slow. Like having to constantly drag and drop. Oh, this is the wrong one. This is the wrong one. Hey, finally found the right one to drop it in. It was interesting in the first hour or two of Saga. Mm-hmm. Then it just loses its appeal because you yeah. realize it's not really doing anything, which is a shame because I think everything else is very. It's very tight. I kind of appreciate as well the the combat of the game uh, that they did focus more on the survival horror aspect. That they 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 didn't amp up the action too much, but also I'm I'm like fifty fifty on the difficulty of the game because I started playing it on hard after mm. reading some people recommend it like that, and it was very challenging at first <laughs> because it was still in the Resident Evil Four mindset, oh, yeah. <laughs> just pairing with the knife <clears throat> and right. all of that. Um, I had to like rewire my brain for this type of of game. Um, but I did find it to be, yeah, like with the little bugs aside of like, you know, with the aiming that I talked about earlier, there's just, there's something that's just very, I don't know. I like that you fight like two, three enemies at a time. It's not like in the first game where you have, I don't know, like 20 enemies even at times. It's just swarming you constantly and you keep shooting and shooting and reloading and the flare gun and whatever. Um, the slower pace to it all, it's something that I really like, um, and even and it kind of blends in with everything else about the game. I just love getting lost in it. And weirdly enough, I've seen that it's. I think this can be like another great game for people who don't like games, mm, especially yeah. I think if you play it on easier difficulties. Because I had a friend over yesterday, and he was like, "Oh, I'm awake too. Oh, you're playing it. Oh, how is it? What's it like?" And I just opened it up, and we played like. 15 minutes of Alan, and I told him like oh yeah you can also switch character and we ended up playing two hours of saga like without even realizing that mm. <laughs> because he like he didn't know anything about the story and still managed to get sucked in and that was just impressive i think in terms of of the world they've created and 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 all of the little gags and the jokes that are here and there i don't know it's i do kind of wish they 
polished it up a bit more. There's yeah. been quite a few instances, I don't know if you guys have had it as well, where mm. you just enter a room and stumble onto a shelf or something and just objects flip out, <laughs> just really? fly all <laughs> yeah. over the room, like the physics go insane for a second. I thought it was a feature at first, yeah. I realized it was a bug later. Oh my god. I was like, oh, jump scare! Oh no, okay. It's not, <laughs> it wasn't meant to happen. I had a game-breaking bug where I got stuck in the morgue and I couldn't leave. Uh, and I was like, I open all the doors and they're both locked, what am I supposed to do here? And I couldn't talk to... Um, that happened to me too, actually, in the morgue. So I was like, That's okay, funny. well, I don't know what to do so i just quit and went back i did the whole section again and do all the mind stuff again which is a bummer but i've also had a lot of audio bugs which i had some hmm. before the patch and i still have some after the patch hmm. you're on console stuck. right i'm on console on yeah. Xbox. Series X. yeah i, uh, I would have got it on pc are. but i have an amd card and also i don't want to do epic game store so i'm playing on xbox and and it plays great other than those the bugs it's like when i'm playing the, like the combat was really fun I, yeah. I had that this feeling that i'm like oh yeah i love the pacing of over the shoulder shooters they have this like slow weighty kind of like experience that's so different from other games that's just like i, I it's it the combat was really satisfying i i like that they still they reduced the flashlight time I, mm -hmm. I really didn't like the flashlight in the first game. I've already complained about that a lot, I know. So if, I feel like they really polished the combat in this game. It was, like, so far, like, it's some of the, my best feeling combat I've played from them. Um, like, the most hmm. polished, at least. But I only got to do a little bit, not not too much. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't done, like, the big any big fights or anything. You can avoid a lot of combat, too. You can just kind of blind them and run past, which is... Yeah. Which probably will become more handy as the game goes on. Maybe not, I don't know. But, like, I've done that a few times. That is cool that you can do that. I'm having I'm having a good time with the game. I'm really I, I'm very engaged with it, despite my complaints. I, I'm I think it's it seems like an awesome game. I'm totally gonna beat it. And it's weirdly scary as well, which is something I was not expecting. Like it's a despite all of the humor and everything, like it's a proper horror game at times. Yeah. I still yeah. get I, I I think I've like developed a good I don't know, like I, I've become very much accustomed to jump scares after decades of watching horror movies at this point. But the jump scares that they have here, or like all of the flashes to the black and white footage, it still gets me every, every time. <laughs> every <laughs> single time they make me jump. Um, but even the atmosphere that they craft in New York yeah. um, with Alan and the shadows that just keep whispering his name. Yeah. And you never, like, you <laughs> never know if one of the shadows is going to be an enemy, maybe it's just going to shove you a little bit, or they're going to disappear. It creates this nice tension that. Mm. I haven't really felt in a game like this. I don't. I don't, I don't want to like be hyperbolic, but probably since like early Silent Hill, we were just right. roaming the town, and you really never know like uh, where the danger is lurking, because so many other games, I think like you know your Dead Space and your Resident Evils, like it's just enemy constantly. Like God, they're coming at you. You kill them, and that's it. So the fact that you can avoid combat, that you have defensive options, just you know throw a flare and just just book it and run the opposite direction it's it's so it's so cinematic it just looks amazing oh even the colors i think i don't even think it's necessarily a beautiful looking game in terms of graphics themselves i think it's just the art direction is impeccable when you enter like it's everything's just used in greens or in, or in reds or blues I think like everyone's taking a screenshot of the first sunset in Saga's chapter <laughs> yeah, after the big yeah. fight in the overlap. Where it's just like that looks amazing, and it's yeah. all art direction. It's, it's stunning. Just in this game, oh. it's just like 
oh my god it's like maybe the best hdr i was like hdr so many times with the colors like they the way they use color in this right art direction has just been like oh my gosh these reds and these greens and like the lights in the in new york city it's just like oh my gosh it's it's off an oled tv oh my god it's a stunner too i'm playing it on pc i'm playing it with path tracing on which my frame rate's chugging occasionally because of that but it looks so good like there's moments where like i'm like is that a video clip that's playing right now or is that the game like it's particularly like some of the close-ups on saga's face i'm like whoa this just looks like like it looks like a video doesn't look like real quote-unquote but it looks like it could be like a video of her um it uh, it's it's really good looking and like like you were saying all the sort of atmospheric effects and the sort of like tricks to sort of like up the ante of, of the horror um thinking back to max Payne, they had those those dream sequences which which i think uh in the in our, our long jump we said we we liked and we didn't like like they were not fun to play but they had they were pretty effective in other ways like you you feel like it's just such an evolution of that kind of like thing and i guess that's been going on in remedy games from from the start but uh i really i just love the way the game looks like uh, i'm just staring at it at every moment like my wife peeked and she's like what's that i'm like it's a scary game i'm <laughs> don't get scared <laughs> I love um, like what you were saying, Nick, about um, well, I have, I have a couple things to say. Like, I love that mechanic in the Alan Wake 2 or, or in the Alan Wake sections where you have all these shadows being like Alan Wake, Alan Wake. And at first I didn't really understand what they were going for, but it's like any of them could be an enemy, but yeah. you're not sure. So you have to like walk up to them and like kind of shine a light at them to make sure they're not <laughs> enemies. And I thought that was like a really clever and intense way to go about that i do think the game sometimes abuses the jump scares a little too much i kind of wish they would dial it back a little bit because so, like there's one chapter in particular that i'm thinking of that i won't say which that i felt like would have a jump scare almost every time i went into a room and i was like okay game take it easy calm down <laughs> <laughs> i'm scared but like come on um, but, um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I love so much of what the game is doing. One particular thing that I really want to touch on before we move on from Alan Wake Two is the side puzzles in this game are so good, specifically the nursery rhyme puzzles. The nursery yes. rhyme puzzles are so good. Like every single time, like I, they remind me of the best parts of control and mm. I just, that was a real highlight of the game for me. And I think like a real, important tenet of uh, tenant of um of uh, survival horror is that um you have good puzzle solving in the game that has like a supernatural edge to it mm. and those nursery rhyme puzzles are like the most silent hill puzzles i love them so much like every single time they're great yeah they, they, I, I, I've, I've done like a few of those so far and it's uh it's so I, I, I don't know, it's so simple, but also so engaging every single time. I can just giggle whenever I see it, like, oh, shit, it's a new nursery rhyme. It's just, like, sprinting towards them. They're that much fun. I think the scariest part of the game is when you have, like, the, the cult stashes hidden around, and some of them force you to do, like, math puzzles. Mm. <laughs> right. Like, opening up, like, oh, I need a notepad now. It's like, if you have you have this many cars and the wheels, like, oh, shit, <laughs> Okay. Those like I think I spent like ten minutes earlier trying to figure one of those out. But it's also it's just as rewarding as any other puzzle. <laughs> Figuring out I, math. 
I think I love the nursery rhyme puzzles the most because the payoffs are always really supernatural. Because the whole idea is that like what you do in the puzzle somehow manifests in real life when you solve solve them. Uh, my favorite jump scare in the entire game, without me spoiling it, was from one of the nursery rhyme puzzles. I was like, <laughs> I like solved the puzzle, and I was like, okay, what changed in the environment? And then I walked like a few feet and feet, and like I saw something, and I was like, what? <laughs> it was it was such a great moment <laughs> maybe on a spoiler cast i could tell you what that moment was but it was it, those puzzles are awesome the uh shotgun puzzle was like a straight up resident evil puzzle like a total observation puzzle i was like right i was i was like yes <laughs> this is what i want I oh yeah the lotto the lotto it. card right the yeah, lottery lotto card. card right yeah no totally yeah. I just after pushing boxes for a couple hours, I was like, "Yes, oh, <laughs> bring me back to these, please. This is what I want." <laughs> yeah, no, the puzzles have been pretty good, and I think like a survival horror game is at its core like an adventure game more than an action game. So like, right. yeah. bring that, bring the exploration and bring the puzzling. Uh, all right, anything else we want to say about Alan Wake Two? I think we're all we're all pretty strong on it. Just some questions about mainly great the music. House. That's the last thing I'll say. Old Gods of Asgard, you know, Poets of the Fall. Mm-hmm. Discovered them back in uh, Max Payne 2, and so it's nice to see that they're still kicking and singing in, in these games. It's oh, Love them. Dude, an Audi song? His, uh, his oh, like, karaoke yeah. moment? Oh, my God. I sat there for five minutes and just watched him. I was like, this is amazing. <clears throat> Same. Just keep, just keep him going. Just like, yeah. Apparently Soaking he sings forever, in. but... Audi <laughs> like, uh, the Janitors. Happen. They're the band of 2023. Mm. I I, uh, I love how the game rewards you for having played Max Payne, Control, and Alan Wake because mm. the game has references to all of them. Like I think um, Control really informs like what is happening in the world. Like if you haven't played Control, you're probably like I don't why are why is weird shit just happening all the time? But like Control explains a lot of that stuff. But then Alan Wake, the original, informs all the characters and where they're at. And then Max Payne informs all the Alex Casey stuff. So it really feels like a game that's rewarding you for being a longtime Remedy fan. I just I think it's really cool what they did. And not in an annoying way like how Marvel does. Like it really feels like a meaningful extended universe. Um, and uh, I guess the, uh, the, the last thing I'll say about this game, despite my problems with that, it has two of the greatest moments I've experienced in a video game like this year like like there are two moments in particular that just like blew my mind and i'll talk about them in a spoiler (laughs) guess but i just want to say that like i was like i they were the most i love video games moment Mm. (laughs) moments so anyway all right it's a great game yeah it's definitely a game of the year contender for sure oh yeah it'll it'll be on my list um and, and i think we all we all endorse it so go play it yeah and uh the if you can rate, if you can trace those rays, man, it's uh, it's something special. But even if you can't, it still is really quite, quite good looking. Uh, y'all want to talk about the Metal Gear Solid Master Chief Collection Volume One? Master Chief? Yeah, yeah I hell yeah. In there. <laughs> hell yeah. Um, let me ask a question here. Let me ask a pointed question. Um, forgive me for for asking such a question. As somebody who has purchased all of these games like three times, 
historically speaking, uh, and um, and who also is aware that that Konami leadership sucks. They, they, they screwed over Kojima. I don't think a single person that worked on any of the games in this collection is involved in that company anymore. Um, is there a compelling reason to buy this collection, irrespective of the quality of the games uh, in terms of their presentation and uh, porting and emulation? What do you guys think? Yes. Just Yeah, just, just having them on PC, I think. it's the. Uh... Oh, it's but I have draw. them on PC. Let me tell you, I can play them on PC. Real, I can play them better, <laughs> a better version on PC. Yeah, um, that's the truth. I don't know how easy it is to, to do 4K rendering on MGS3 mm. without uh, this version. You can is do it that 4K? If you, it, if you mod it. So oh. at least a mod the day it came out. Or yeah, within like okay. 10 hours to, to mm. do 4K. You can't 4K Metal Gear Solid 2 without screwing up the UI. Mm. But... Just saying, you can play Metal Gear Solid three and four K. Has that ever existed before this? I don't I think, think you so. could do Maybe. that with emulation, like because you could play. Okay, okay. I could play Metal Gear Solid two in four K. I love emulation. Um, I have a lot of problems with emulation. Yeah. Um, but and unfortunately, MGS one in this collection is also emulation, and it's oh. like the worst emulation ever. Uh, not ever, but it's crap. So I just want to preface this by saying, obviously, I'm a massive fan of Metal Gear Solid. Kojima is like my favorite gaming i don't know him and him and uh um you know miyazaki are like my two favorites Th this game this pack sucks <laughs> like it's like it's the first time i ever thumbed anything down on steam i saw that i was like kevin wow. a negative review yeah i you know why because a lot of reasons but primarily you're gonna call something the master collection you're gonna finally release like all these games on pc and like give us like the most crappy low budget bare budget bare bones version of them like, give us the version that these games deserve. These are these are games that defined gaming as a whole. Like, I, I bet you any AAA developer would cite these games as as references on something that they influenced them. Like, there's no question. I remember I was just playing MGS One, and I was like, I remember watching the Hind D take off, and I was like, I don't remember seeing this in video games before this game. Yeah. Like, this was like the first time I had ever seen a video game do something like this, and it also still looks pretty good, other than the fact that turning it 240p in some 720p container garbage that they're doing um <laughs> uh and also the audio glitches on every game oh really all the titles have audio issues for me oh. yeah on both my laptop and my steam deck so it wasn't just the steam deck i also lost my saves in mgs2 so it's all Ooh. it's all a shit show and konami just i don't feel like they give a crap because they just like want to get a quick cash grab for ooh, we've it's mgs games and it's full price it's like 50 bucks right yeah it's a 60 dollar package and it's broken oh my god Nick, what are your thoughts now yeah, that sorry, the well's been thoroughly poisoned? Um, I I completely agree. I, I I remember when I when I when I got them, I was like, yeah, it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be amazing. And then they announced it was going to be like um, controller only. I was like, there's no mouse and keyboard input. Everyone <laughs> just screamed at them to actually fix it, and they did. And you can feel it's the most like rushed, half-assed job possible. I tried playing. I think the most exciting thing was, oh, you can finally play MGS3 with a mouse and keyboard. You can actually aim with the mouse, which kind of renders everything a bit more, you know, simple mm. and easier to just get headshots on all the guards. But again, this is not a proper port. It's just an emulation. So you're just emulating the right, right, the um, the right thumbstick. And it's like, ah, what? And it's so it's super slow and sluggish. And when you like enter in the like the original classic camera angle of Metal Gear Solid 3 and you move the 
mouse around. It just goes all jittery because it's supposed to be, you know, a thumbstick and not a mouse. It's it's painful. Like I'm I've played I think an hour of MGS one and MGS three and like a couple of VR missions in MGS two. I I was feeling just a very small rush of excitement to be like, yeah, I'm finally playing them on PC. But everything surrounding it, it's just rough. I, I think it's genuinely inexcusable what they've done. Um, the one-two pounds of them releasing like this collection and then Silent Hill Ascension <laughs> on the stores. It's like, this is not a good week for Konami. This was supposed to be you know their comeback week. Oh, man. It's like, we're finally bringing back the first Silent Hill game and we're bringing back MGS in this collection. And it's crap. Although, to be honest, I was, I was hoping it would be better, but... The Castlevania collections also weren't the most polished, you know, like the resolution wasn't up to snuff and it's not as good as like, you know, regular emulations on like Dolphin or whatever else you use. So I I hope they fix them. They probably won't. I don't think yeah. they're going to like improve the controls or they're going to add like resolution scaling. I think at least for MGS1, like I'm hoping, I know some mod, like people are going crazy trying to fix it. It's like, oh, maybe you have to put it in windowed mode and you make it tinier and then you put that in full screen and then you modify with the hex and everything. It's like, this, this, it should just be one click. Oh, yeah. It should, like, it should be this hard. For MGS1, I, I opened it up and I thought something was wrong. I was like, this looks like 240p. Like, I must be... Like, maybe I didn't click on some options. And then it's like, no, it's actually being rendered at that resolution. It's, it's, uh, it's baffling. It's baffling. Mm. Which I didn't want to... Like, I was hoping it would be this amazing collection. Because, you know, we're probably going to get a volume 2. I'm thinking of all the games they could put on it. But now I'm like, what? Are we going to play MGS Portable Ops like that? Right. Are they even going to put that in the final collection? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to hope for at this point. Well, well, you did You did get a great Silent Hill game this October. So, at least you got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was my remedy, title, yes. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. It's the silver lining. So uh, I, I don't have this uh, this collection because I because of I guess what what I said beforehand. I would say, and and I did actually somewhat recently purchase Metal Gear Solid One off GOG for like five dollars because you can buy the original PC release off that. Um, for people who want to play Metal Gear Solid One and want a minimal amount of of, of fussing, um, what is the Duck name? Duckstation. Uh, Duckstation is good. Uh, what's the uh, the Steam the emulator I use on Steam? I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. Um, the what's the other? You mean the front end RetroArch? Yeah, RetroArch. RetroArch with with uh, uh with a good CRT shader will make 240p Metal Gear Solid One look incredible. Like everything, it it just cleans it up. You could also force that with reshade, but that's kind of not as good and more more work. But um, yeah, I would say RetroArch with uh. Your solid and and a CRT shader suddenly the game it's, it's like ports you back to like 1998 it's it's quite quite a nice way to play so, it. I've seen Duck Station video where someone they render the game at native 1080p they force 16 by 9 on it and then they fix controversially fix but I think in, because you're up you're up the warbling this is a good fix the warbling yeah and the assets actually still look pretty good i was like impressed at how good it looked i was like oh the art direction held up despite the fact yeah. that it's designed for so what you do is you yeah. up sample it and then you down sample it back to 240p 
It's mm, a weird I saw thing. it in native 1080p and look, it looked good. Oh, look mm, good. if you if you downsample it, I think it looks better. Uh, but you, you upsample and then downsample. It kind of like fixes all the errors, but keeps the sort of like haziness of the PlayStation. So I swear this 240p resolution, or 240p in a 720p container looks worse than it's ever looked. Like it looks <laughs> awful. It just, it just. I'm like, what is I just? This looks worse than I remember this looking even. Yeah. I, I did a full playthrough of. Metal Gear 1 on my PSP earlier this year. Because I still have, I was like, yeah, let's play MGS1. And it looked miles better. Oh, yeah, yeah. Miles yeah. better. They even messed it up. I don't know if you guys, you probably didn't have this problem because you're in the US. Uh, but like, at least in Europe, oh. I'm sure that they had this whole problem with the different packages because it's a neat idea that you can play like, like the Japanese version, the European version, North America, like all these different versions. You can change the language, which is cool. But it also has all of the bugs and glitches of playing a 50 hertz game oh, <laughs> on God. 60 hertz yeah. monitor. And so I started it up. I was like, yeah, Europe, I'm just one, fine, mm. blah, blah, blah. I started playing it and it was horrible, just actually hertz. unplayable. Shutter, yeah. yeah. The input lag Ow. also was noticeable. I got killed twice in the, like, before jumping on the elevator. So I was like, I can't do this. And this, there was this whole like workaround where you had to like find the original Steam page store and like add the DLC that way. It's like nothing's mm. easy <laughs> with this collection. Nothing's easy. Oh the God. simplest things are hard. So yeah, now finally I can actually like. Oh, I think they've enabled it now for everyone. But yes, the, if you're listening to this and you for some reason think it's a, still a good idea to buy this collection, <laughs> not learning from our mistakes. Uh, be sure you're playing the North American version because at least it's 60 hertz. Mm. I think maybe Japanese one as well, right? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's just mm. a bummer. It's just such a missed opportunity. It's like releasing yeah. a classic game. Imagine if they had Night Dive do this. Oh, yeah. Just, that would be incredible. Yeah. Like, it, it could have happened. They could have had the, they could have had a different studio do it. M2 did MGS1 and M2 did a lot of the uh, Sega Edges games on on Switch, which are very good ports. So I'm guessing that Konami gave them like no budget or time to do anything right. Yeah, I think the best thing, actually, the best thing about this collection, is that you have the scripts for the games. Yeah, and that's actually like I I read some of the, like MGS2 script I think, and MGS1 and I was like. This is actually really cool to be able to read, you know, the stage direction, let's call it that, uh, for all of the narrative and reading the codec calls and the dialogue. And it's 200 pages long or something crazy like that. Um, I think that's that's one of the actually good things that they've added in this collection, like in terms of extras and goodies. Um, it's not worth the buying price, of course, but it's neat that at least it's it's available. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Hmm. But so I'm just I'm just wondering the 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 thing that everyone wants obviously is Microsoft Four. It's been buried on PS3. On, yeah. For, oh, it's, yeah. So we all want that. I never even played that game before ever. So I don't even know what happens to Microsoft Two. I have no idea. I've been waiting since 2007 to find out. So if they release it, is it going to be the same thing? Is it going to be this 720p max? Like it's going to be worse because it's yeah, going to be crappy. It's going to be like RPS3 packed. Yeah, that's what it's probably well, gonna be. Is that the uh, the PS3 emulator? PS3, yeah, it's a PS3 emulation. It's gonna probably just be that packed in. Which I'm like, I can do that. I already have 
that I can just do. Uh, that's probably your best bet if you want to play that game. I, I don't know, man. I feel like they giving also, Konami money yeah. is kind of uh, is bad. Is like a bad move. <laughs> don't give them money. I, I I feel guilty. I do feel guilty. I'm not gonna I lie. do. Like, I I really feel like they should sell this franchise rights to even Sony. Get, get sell it to Sony. Anyone. Oh my god, they do fine. Yeah. Sell sell it to any anyone, but anyone but Microsoft. Sell. Um, but. Yeah, Michael, yeah, more IPs, I agree. Whatever they do next with this collection is not going to go well. Especially thinking of all the, like, I'm just for all of the, like, this, was it the six axes? Something like oh, that. Like, God, those, like, specific yeah. controls. Like, how do you translate that to modern controllers and, or, or a keyboard and laptop? It's like, nah. I, I, I don't envy the people that have to work on these projects because I, like, I bet they want to do their best mm-hmm. yeah. work. But also, and everyone shits on like, it, right? Yeah, like what's the, I, I would love to know. Like, we need a whistleblower, like someone behind the scenes. It's just because it's it's unbelievable when you have a mother that in ten hours has a super actually efficient fix. Because I, I installed that yeah. and just yeah. refix as well. And I was like, this looks great. Like it was smooth, texture were top notch. Like okay, and people are still figuring out like new ways to improve these games. Like if it takes less than a week for free for people to do it, why doesn't like why can't actual developers with the codes and everything pull it off? There has to be a reason. Yeah. The, uh, Which one it is, I don't know. Jason Schreier article about. We about do need collection. the Jason Schreier. Article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, what a I don't know what a bummer. I guess because I do love those games, especially Metal, the original Metal Gear Solid is like such a important game in my my gaming history. So that game's twenty five years old now. Do you guys realize that? That is uh. That that actually frightens me. But, um, I played it when I was nine. That math is bad, but yeah. yeah. Uh, you would have been nine, yeah. 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 Or yeah, yeah. You yeah, would have just turned nine. nine. Yeah. So, all right. I've got I've got a Twix, a, a bite-sized Halloween Twix. <laughs> oh, Oren, did you Back. always have a DX racer? Like, when did you get all gamer, dude? <laughs> Is this new? Wait, what? Are you talking to me? You, yeah. W- what did I do? Your gamer chair. Oh yeah, I've. <laughs> I thought you were talking to Nick. Yeah, I've had I've had this for a few months now. It's good. It's comfy. It has lumbar support, so my I don't destroy my back sitting in it. It's good. I'm gonna have one more toy. <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. I've, honestly, I recommend gamer chairs to people who work remote jobs and stuff. Like, even if you're not a gamer, I think gamer chairs are, like, really good for not destroying your back. <laughs> I have one, but I don't use it anymore. I use the Herman Miller now. Oh, you're back on Herman Miller? Oh, yeah. Herman Miller's the life, my friend. Aaron, use Aaron. My, my chair. Your chair. Your I'm chair. just eating Halloween candy. Is that, which is I, that a Rolo? <laughs> is a, that it's a, Twix? It's a Twix, Rolo, yeah. Tony Brown. T- oh, okay. Um, this is just so, like a podcast where just a lot of mouth noises from food. Gross. <laughs> I can talk. Turn it to be ASMR. I'm uh, really curious to hear this uh, reappraisal. Okay. This is, uh, this is shocking. But anyway, should we get back into it? Yes. So last podcast... I uh, brought up a really tired argument, which I thought I love doing this, by the way, and I'm going to do it again. Um, last time I brought up the, the, the argument about something, something to do with Warren Spector talk, saying, you know, shit that's 
eh, whatever controversial, but it's fun. I think that's, that's, that, that's I think it's fun to talk about, even though I'm not necessarily agree with them. Uh, and today we're gonna bring up another one because I, for the first time, have played Uncharted and actually put time into it. Mm-hmm. And the question is, <clears throat> I remember it was little little Nerve dissonance, which I don't really feel like applies to Uncharted. I think it's a kind of a weird characterization of it. But hmm. is Nathan Drake a mass murderer? And does, do our <laughs> video game protagonists? This is a common question, right? And I do feel like when I was playing this game, I definitely had these thoughts of like, wow, this guy is a childish, immature murderer. Like, I really felt like with him, there was less of a stakes. Like, when I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Cassandra, like, there's a moment in the game where she's like, wow, I've had to kill so many people to get here. Like, I've had to kill, like, she, I mean, you kill like a thousand people in that game. And the same with like uh, Red Dead 2, right? Arthur Morgan, I mean, I, I, I killed like 800 O'Driscolls. I was like, how are there this many O'Driscolls even in this county? Like, I've killed. More than I could like an army of these guys. <laughs> um, but Arthur Morgan is a questionable person, and my Arthur Morgan had a bad ending because I was a bad person. So it felt, I don't know, I felt like there was some weight to just mass murdering, but I, I haven't been on Charter 4 yet. But I definitely feel like there is a dissonance in tone between him, like, hey, we're doing fun stuff collecting treasure and like killing a bunch of people. I do feel like there was a weird tonal dissonance I picked up on. So, Oren, yes. I, I sorry, I just have to jump in. I just have okay. to jump into this. Please do. I don't know if you're aware of this. I made the game. I, th- I made the game. Just for record. I think it will I think it will influence what you're talking about. Okay. Um Uncharted Four the narrative, which I want to get. I haven't got it yet. What? Oh There's an achievement if you killing a thousand enemies called Little Narrative Dissonance. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. so they're so they're in on the joke. They know what they're doing. That they they're, they're aware. <laughs> I remember reading on like N four G, people were like Neil Druckmann doesn't understand Ludo Nerd Dissonance because he used those and I was like, ah, whatever. I just remember like there was there was people talking about this. Back N4G, in the day. they're never wrong, dude. They're never wrong. If you read on N4G, it has to be true. I'm sure yeah. they know what they're talking about. They're experts. <laughs> but my point is, it's just I, I had I had read about it way back when 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 they were talking about these conversations. Whether whether it's true or not, I don't know. But all all I can say from my my opinion is that I did feel a weird tonal gap between the two, and it's not necessarily like a writing fault per se i think it's a like game like uncharted is a game when they initially pitched it as like a, a gears of war shooting with like laura croft style adventuring so i just think it's like a just a fundamental c- pillar of the franchise that they just have to, to they had to just do now because it's the fourth game of the franchise what are you gonna do right but i guess there is a, a, some some level of addressing this in the game story i'm assuming right no. Well, I I read an interview with Neil Druckmann. Um, he was talking. At, I think he was talking about Star Wars, and he said that when you craft these kind of blockbuster like stories, death is treated in a more lighter way than you traditionally see in other media. And the example he used is when every time a, a stormtrooper is killed, yeah. it's like when a stormtrooper is killed in Star Wars, it's like whatever. It's not like oh my god, Luke just killed somebody. It's mm-hmm. just like you know another <clears throat> henchman that's been dispatched yeah, or whatever. Dispatched. So so but that like, was Neil Druckmann. Like he was like, yeah, it's like the tone they were going for was that death doesn't have the same weight as it would in like The Last of Us. So on that note, um, my prior reappraisal was Last of Us, right? So I have to say, like I said in, in Discord, the, the 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 tonal difference of like seeing like, oh, this is the, this is where the studio. This is their lineage. To the Last of Us is a stark contrast. It's like, whoa. Yeah, but what about Crash really... Bandicoot? Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was really a funny meta. Like, like, hey, this is what this is like. Yeah, because he was like, I mean, he literally on the nose was like, I jump, I do this. Like, I will love this game. 
There's also like this weirdness with like um, the like everyman protagonist not playing video games. They do that in The Last of Us as well. Although he wasn't, Joel wasn't necessarily opposed to them. Where Nathan Drake seemed like he was kind of like, that's some nerd shit. Mm. That, that's kind of <laughs> what I what I was getting from that. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, finally played Uncharted and put. You know, I think I'm. Uncharted 4. You keep saying Uncharted, Uncharted but you didn't play Uncharted. You played Uncharted 4, I right? Uncharted 4. And I am, uh, sorry, here on Steam, 14 hours in. Mm. I played oh, chapter, wow. chapter 14, ironically. An hour oh. Per chapter. oh, wow. You're like almost done. Really? There's 20 yeah. chapters, they said. Well, some are shorter I, than others. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have to say, I definitely am enjoying the game. I, I uh, didn't expect to enjoy the game. Um, I think. For me, it's like a mixed bag overall, but I would say like it's a thumbs up. Hmm. I don't. Sure. I think the climbing mechanics are really linear and boring, and I'm surprised that they're there because they feel they feel like Assassin's Creed climbing, but without like I like an Assassin's Creed like I climb as a means to an end. Like I'm climbing a chapel because I want to like go to the top to get the like spinny owl thing, right? Like I'm like, ooh, I discovered this place now I can fast travel here. But in this game, I don't. It just is getting the push forward. But, like, they call it platforming. Amy, Amy Hennigs famously said, we don't like to call this platforming. We just want to call it... Uh, I forgot she, what she said. But she basically had, like, we don't, she thinks platforming is a dated term. But my, my point is, is uh, if I compare it to, like, platforming games like Mario or something, there's, like, a skill and, like, a, a learning... There's, like, a mechanic. I feel like in this game, I'm literally pushing the stick up and just pressing A a bunch of times. So I just think that if their climbing should be, like, either less or more something like less of it or more skillful or more engaging because it just feels yeah i wasn't i didn't find it engaging i'm just kind of like oh the climbing segment yeah um, the game is almost comically formulaic like it's like hey this is a video game by the way don't forget because you'll it, i know there's everyone talks about the like waist high place you go to combat it's like waist high things but it's not just that it's like oh i can see climbing highlights over there i'm gonna climb <laughs> that wall i can see it like clearly from here and I know that this is like accessibility and design, and I'm fine with all that. But it's just funny because a game that takes its story very seriously to have like the most like clearly video gamey things. Like it's a game that doesn't have a, a HUD a lot of the time. The HUD mm. goes away, so it's very heavily on the presentation. But anyways, I think it's a fun game. I'm enjoying it. I feel like I don't like love it, but I do. I'm gonna beat it, and I'm definitely gonna play Lost Legacy as well. So like I can see the appeal here. I can see why people like it. I totally understand the Uncharted hype. Um, but I have to say, like, in comparison to Last of Us, like, to me, they're not even, like, in the same universe. Um, that's my opinion. I think Last of Us is, like, substantially more interesting and substantially more challenging. And to me, that's really what makes mm -hmm. it, like, levels ahead. It's like, this game isn't just challenging mechanically. It challenges, like, my brain. It's like, hmm. Like, I've had many conversations with people, like, about last of us and like what what what's this what's the story doing what does it do like there's and there's people have different opinions from it i don't know if uncharted has that nuance i don't know if that's what it's supposed to but i think it's lack there of the of nuance makes me let find it less compelling ultimately but again i haven't beat the game so maybe when i beat it i'll be like wow that was incredible they really they brought that around and i'm i'm totally wow i feel like I that's know. what a lot of people say when they beat the game though, okay is, is yeah that a... could be there's a strong moment. I haven't beaten Orin's that game, so game. I don't know. Yeah, or that's what Orin's, I feel like Orin's yeah. had profound things to say about it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love Uncharted 4. It's like, <clears throat> I think it's, I think all of your criticisms are valid. It's one of those games that I think the puzzles and the climbing are like really weak. 
and um, I don't think it's as mechanically interesting as The Last of Us, but I think I just was like kind of taken by it because I just really like how Neil Druckmann like takes a story about like Nathan Drake, who's like this character who you have certain expectations about, and he makes it about like what it means to grow older as a person. What does it mean to like maintain a marriage? What does it mean to like you know, let go of your own obsessions. And I, I was like kind of surprised that that game was able to approach those themes in a meaningful way. And I also just loved all of the pirate stuff. I thought all the pirate stuff was like excellent in that game. I actually think like the pirate storytelling is arguably better than the main story. Um, I don't know if you've gotten to any of that stuff yet with Libertalia and stuff. That's where I am. But that that that's all that stuff is excellent i love all that stuff so much um mm. and uh but yeah no I, i'm liable to agree with you i mean honestly like the last of us part two has better exploration mechanics than uncharted yeah. which is ironic because uncharted's a treasure game treasure, treasure yeah. hunting game <laughs> but the post-apocalyptic zombie game has better exploration uh, it's kind of always been a weird thing but but yeah no i, I agree with your criticisms uh, I love I'm going to be stuff. a bit. Con Sorry, continue. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was going to say I, 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 I'm a bit controversial, but I, I kind of preferred Uncharted 4 to The Last of Us, and I played both in the span of like one year. I think I played Uncharted for probably a year ago, or something close to it. I don't know. I think everything. It's similarly to Alan Wake 2. It's not necessarily that the gameplay itself is excellent in any way, because it's not. It's very, it's very pedestrian, third-person shooting. Nothing too special about it. But it's just so well executed, and the narrative I found I found myself like drawn into it, even though I'd never played any of the other Uncharted games. I just knew them by osmosis, what happens in them. So I I, I was compelled. I think I finished it in like four days, which rarely happens to me nowadays. So just like pushing it and pushing it and just getting into the characters and the story and everything, um, in a way that I never really fully got with Last of Us, but also you know. Last of Us had a super rocky start on PC, so probably that didn't help. <laughs> in this case, <laughs> right. this one was more stable for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I like the exploration. I liked, I, I kind of liked everything about it. It's a bit too long. Mm. I'll say mm. that. There's just one sure. point where it keeps like building and building and building. It reaches a climax, and then it just like pulls its brakes for. I think it's like you're almost getting there. I <laughs> believe. <laughs> the point where you were like, oh yeah, Libertalia, oh yeah, chapter 14, there's six more chapters, I was like, what happens? Like, the game ends, like, oh no, wait, there's these things that happen that you need for the story, but it's just, yeah, it's just way too much, I think. Um, but yes, no, I, I also think The Lost Legacy is very, very underrated and underappreciated. It's, a really it's basically the same, yeah, it's the same game, but just tighter, which yeah. helps it out immensely. Yeah. And with more exploration, just like an open world section early on, that's incredible, I think. Hmm. Uh, I actually, uh, I think I like Uncharted 4 more than Lost Legacy, but I think Lost Legacy is probably a better game in terms of its focus and tightness. Yeah. Um, but um, I actually agree with you. Like, I really like the first Last of Us a lot, but if I'm being completely honest, I didn't really love the story until like the last two hours of the game. And then like, then the whole story made sense to me. I was like, Oh, this is what they were going for. Um, I think uncharted Four, like, I think the storytelling was like more unique, you know, like how do you take this character and kind of 
treat it in, a, in kind of like a more adult way. And I think with regards to the pacing, I do agree that the pacing is like a little slow in some points, but like compared to where Sony has gone with like God of War and God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West, like I feel like the pacing in Uncharted 4 is way more tasteful compared to those games. Like God of War Ragnarok is like, oh my God, this is still going. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Compared to Uncharted 4. All right, God of War so, Ragnarok mention. Got to put, got to put it on the tally. It's, it's a trademark. No, wait, uh, I have to ask you guys, okay? Because when I was playing the car chase segment, I was like, "There's no way that I will ever believe that this happened in reality." And then Nathan Drake is not just like in a hospital somewhere, like imagining this is what's happening because this is the most absurd. This is one of the most absurd set pieces I've ever seen in a video game. Like, there's parts of the game where you're like getting dragged by like a car holding onto it and there's guys on both sides shooting at you and you're like with a pistol like doo, 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 and you like it, kill them it, all it, it rocks like, this is it ridiculous rocks. that's just this jacked like, up indiana jones i mean he you know dude, he gets... it's like it's so and oh my god and you get chased by this armored car and it like blows up it's just like the amount of spectacle creep that this game has is just like i i don't know maybe i'm just like it's not the genre for kevin that might just be what it is but like i just have a hard time like it took me out of the game. I was like, "This is just ridiculous, guys." I'm sorry. I can't. I don't. They buy just this. drive away. Like you nothing happened. Me. Yeah, they drive away. Like they just killed like 50 dudes, and it was like this huge gunfight through the streets. And it's like, oh, no problem. We're good. Oh, it's so I, good. I just like. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't buy this. And this guy I is think... just like. He's just some dude. He's not like like B.J. Blazkowicz or like Snake or something. He's just like a guy. He just like murders everyone so effectively. I don't know, I mean, man. I, I I think that's the tone that they're going for, though. Like, I I, I think they're aware yeah. that the that like I mean, also like he's like a master climber. Like, how can he climb all this stuff all the time? Like, I yeah, think he's like a frog man. Dude, I know, he's right? got insane endurance. I mean, to be able to climb like that, uh, anybody that's ever done rock climbing knows that you you wear out in like a minute. I guess I guess <clears throat> maybe this is a Kevin problem. I I find badass every man to be a hard sell. Yeah. So. So you don't like John Wick or anything like that? No, I haven't seen yeah. John. I saw what about John Leon Wick. Kennedy? He's a cop. I, I wasn't. He's he wasn't. a cop. So that's, <laughs> how does that excuse it? Leon Kennedy's a badass every man. Uh, rookie yeah, first day in the job. Already four, he is. Already two, he's not a badass. But he, he goes like, from yeah, rookie first day in the job. But he's to been through it. He's been through like a nightmare. Literally, spin kicking four. zombies or non zombies. Yeah. Uh, it like. Ari four, he's like he's like an agent. He's like Snake. He comes in like Hunnigan's like Snake. Have you or excuse me, Leon? Have you arrived at the like like he? It's like a, it's well, like he's already. Like you're yeah, giving Leon a what, little what, too much credit. Come on, man. It's yeah, same. what about Snake? Dude, why is why does I guess Snake is actually a clone of like the greatest soldier of all time? So of course, of Dude, course, Leon he's good, killed but... Mr. X and he killed tyrants. Like he's he's already had already done shit that was cool. I'm sorry. So has Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake has. Do you know how many buildings have collapsed underneath Nathan Nathan Drake? Like literally thousands of buildings. For me. I'm sorry. It just, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He's too ridiculous for me. But I, I think that's it's heightened like realism. It's not supposed to be like, oh my gosh, like Nathan Drake, like how have you killed all these people and you're not wounded? Like, I, yeah. I don't think that's the tone they're going for where it's like grounded. No, but it it's, looks it's not logical. realistic yeah. and it has hyper realistic graphics. So that's why I'm like, there's just this, that's what I'm saying. It's this dissonance that I'm like, like I'm, I'm seeing, and I'm like, oh, I, this is what people are talking about. Like this is the dissonance that that has resonated with some people, and I'm experiencing. And that's that's like my whole point with bringing up the like yeah. tired old conversation of the mass murder. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but 
I still am having fun. I'm going to beat the game. So uh, PC port's nice. Looks good. <laughs> Runs well. So, uh, it's very well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think... Uh, How I long think... was the shader compile, though? Was it like 30 minutes? My laptop, it was 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And when then I have to do it first, I had to do it again. Dude. And you have to do it separately for Lost Legacy. So you have to like launch Lost Legacy and then it compile that. It doesn't do it all together. Thanks, Iron Galaxy. They don't do it all together. It's, it's they're separate. Hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, I get pissed every time Lords of the Fallen has to compile because every time it patches, it needs to compile. And every time uh, there's been like a lot of drivers, and that's 90 seconds. So 30 minutes, I, I just think I would not. I don't know, man. Those games are pretty good on PS5, I guess, is, is where I'm at. But for me, I honestly thought when Kevin said reappraisal, I thought he was reappraising uh, Lords of the Fallen. But it sounds like oh, you, guys like you thought he game. was going to say Lords of the Fallen sucks. No, I, like I was waiting for it. I was like, oh Why? shit, I'm no. getting real. Lords of the Fallen to be bad. A little is that, bit. Is that true? A little bit. Why? A little bit. Yeah. Tell me why, Oren. Um. I don't know. What do you have? There's, no, there's no real reason, to be honest. Maybe it's because I'm angry that I played all of Lies of P, and I was like, "Why did I do that?" Yeah, and, and, and it's totally my own fault. Yeah, hey, I whatever. played a little bit of that. It was it was pretty fun. Um, it was fun. I Lies of P. Yeah, I no played way. the beginning of it. Yeah, he was at my house a week, two weeks ago. Yeah, um, I played. I see his Game Pass. I played on his Xbox. I, I had some fun. It was. Fun. It's fine. Do the was, role. I don't, I don't is... actively hate it as much as Mike, but it was like fine. extremely derivative looking but it had its own thing sort of but it you know so is lord's lord of the fallen's also derivative can possibly be so that's fine i i, I like Lord of the fall i i we aren't right. played it last night for six hours 30 hours in give us give us a quick how you feeling about it uh i would say needs more time in the oven it's a 2023 game. kevin every time i open steam there's a patch how many times can you patch a game Infinite? It's like like I think they may so have deployed like thirty hard, thirty patches in like twenty days. They were, they patch wow. every day. I I think that's not a complaint though. I think that shows that they're actually trying to fix the game. But yeah, no, they're, they're I, being diligent. My 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 takeaway is that it's the I still think it's the best Souls like that I've played, uh, and I've played a lot of the non from um, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I guess when yeah. I say Souls like I mean non. That's that's what I mean. But yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The non the best non from game that I've played. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's really fun. Um, playing seamless co-op is still a feature from this and offer. And that's a, it's just, you can, you don't have to resummon people constantly. You can fight a boss and keep playing. And that's, if you like playing co-op in, in Souls-like games, then I think this is the game for you because it's just built around that. I yeah. Think. It's very good co-op. Um, it's cool. And, and the, uh, we talked about it before the umbral mechanic where you take a lantern and it shows you into this like more real spiritual world and things are different. You can solve puzzles with it is good and, and refreshing and kind of adds to the exploration. Um, I think it's pretty good. I haven't played a ton of it since we last spoke. I put maybe six hours more into it or something, but uh, I'm digging it. Just too much to play. Yeah, I, I recommend it for sure. I'd say uh, definitely check it out. It does still have a lot of problems. I feel like the like the real recommendation for this game is like get it in like three months. Yeah. Wait for them to like fix the. It's just like super buggy because I haven't really followed the Lords of the Fallen release. Like, what's what are the main issues that they're trying to fix? Performance, performance maybe. Issues. And then the worst issues are crashing. I crashed last night. Um, 
crashing performance, um, ba gameplay balance issues. Um, I have a lot of asset popping in in some of the zones. Hmm. So it definitely needs some work, but it has really good graphics. It's still like, it's very good looking. Yeah. Unreal 5. Um, I didn't it have that many well bugs. When it runs well, but not always runs well. But it's like 60% on Steam. So clearly, like when a game is like 60% on Steam, that means a lot of people are having a lot of bugs. So there's been a lot of bugs. I, I have been fortunate enough to experience very few of them, except seeing Kevin crash multiple times. Yeah. Sucks. Um, <laughs> Crashing is the worst. All right. I'm going to do my Underrail minute, like one minute. Underrail Heavy Duty DLC came out uh, four days ago. Underrail, in case you forgot. Underrail is like the dusk of CRPGs. It's like the, the indie CRPG that gets like everything right about the old school like 90s games um, and it, but like does it with like some modern verve and polish and some new ideas uh, I like it a lot it's probably going to end up being the most played game I've played this year like the most hours which is uh, I've only been playing it for two and a half months so there's something something's going wrong here I really like it uh, it's the it's probably the only um, one of the only RPGs that's single player that I've been like, oh, I want to make alts because because the building system, the craft, the, the, like the character builds are so much fun to play with. And they're so different. Uh, anyway, DLC came out, which hopefully is is a good sign that the new game is 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 getting closer because this game came out in 2015. It just adds some it's some some guns and it adds a new dungeon. It's it's not particularly expensive. It's also not very expensive. I think it's like five or six bucks. Um, but I like it and I really like Underrail and that's that's it. Sweet. Hmm. I have a question related to this, but not at the same time. Okay. If I can like divert the rail a little bit. Yeah, rails. Or why haven't you played Baldur's Gate three yet? Oh God. Why have why, I not why played you picking Baldur's on Gate three? I'm not picking on Orange. I'm just saying, why haven't you played Baldur's Gate? I'm just, do you have interest in playing it? No. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> tell us why, Warren. Just tell us defend why. yourself. No. Uh, yeah. Kidding, because I was too busy playing Alan Wake 2, I had to beat the game for this podcast. Like, it's true. do you think I have time to play Baldur's Gate 3? No. No. I'm not trying uh, to pick on you, Orin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you, Orin. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, it just seems like I'm like, this is a game that Orin would like. I was playing. Like, Orin should like to play this game. Please. Really? I, I, I like. I don't really like D and D that much outside of the movie. So that's. But uh, maybe I'll try it. Here's the thing. There's gonna be like a gaming drought soon, so I'll probably finally play it. Probably not in time for game of the year, but it has like, like incredible writing, and also you can do things like all these different ways. So it just seems like I'm like. It's got boring. the best of the Hitman of Hitman and The Witcher. Well, yeah, most, yeah. yeah. There you go. And Bioware, Damn. all those things. So, so, so I'm gonna Kevin, say, you're, I'm really, you're really liking Baldur's Gate now. Yeah. Other than the combat, which I hate, but when I'm not in the combat, it's great. <laughs> I second that. I'm like, yeah. I'm not into D and D. Yeah. I'm not super into like action-heavy CRPGs. Like, and I, I like the more narrative-driven ones, like yeah. Planescape, Planescape Torment, and those, those ones. But this, this game is is something else. Like, it's it's a, it's a dangerous game for me. I had to uninstall it from my computer because I'm like, I have work to do. I <laughs> have projects to work on. Like, you know. Winter is around the corner. We have Christmas holidays. I can reinstall it then because I, I found myself like playing five hours straight at one point. I was like, this never happens to me. Just like, you... yeah, I can play a bit more. I can play a bit more. Just you... Oh, and there's these dungeons. And the story decisions are like, I haven't seen a game. I don't know. I don't like, I'm like, like hyperbole alert, but I'm like, I don't think I've seen a game quite do it this level. No, I haven't seen a game yes. do it as well. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. 
that's why I'm like, I'm just like, oh, this is a game that Orange should play. The, the things that it does well, I feel like it 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 really it really does do better like, than pretty oh much than, than most other games. Like it's a top tier. I don't want to say it's the best, but like, so I I had a conversation with a friend. It's one of those games where that you can like talk with your friend and be like, hey, what happened with you in this thing? And they'll be like, this happened. I'm like, that's not at all what happened for me. Oh like, my god, I don't even know <laughs> how that could happen. Yeah, like that's like, how did you even do that? That's not at all what happened for me. And it's like fully voiced cutscenes and shit. Like it's like yeah. the amount of permutations in the story is just it's mind blowing. It's insane. And I know wow. that's hyperbol- hyperbolic, but I'm not. I'm serious. It's like <laughs> I don't think I've seen it quite at this level. So I don't know. Yeah, I spent like 20 hours in the first act, and then I left, and then I was talking with a friend, and we're like, oh yeah, there's like this group of people. I was like what? Yeah, in yeah. Act One, if you go this way, what? Yeah. I was like, I I, I was exploring every nook and cranny, and still didn't find like. A whole other batch of side quests. It's it's and and it's. I, I think like the the main thing is that it's all quality, because it's easy to be like, oh, there's just a lot of content and quests and whatever. But it's all quality. Like yeah. I actually care. Whenever I play, I don't know. Like I played recently a bit of Fallout Four for for some reason. I don't know why. Just to, <laughs> just to be like, yeah, let's, let's let's jump into Fallout. And for me, like every Bethesda game, it's always like, get in. Oh, this this is cool. I, yeah, this was kind of nice, you know. And then after two hours, I'm like, I'm done. Mm. I, I've had my feel for like the next six months, and then just unplug and uninstall it. But with Baldur's Gate, like, I actually care about every single party member, like every mm. single dialogue choice. I'm actively thinking about what's the best decision and no decision feels like the right one Uh, all of the little i i love all of the dice throws that he does automatically with like perception checks that can make or or make some some fights easier i'm not even ashamed to say i've put this on easy mode because it was just it was just too Mm. much it makes it way better that's how it plays in my opinion Mm. just play it on easy and blast the combat and get to the good stuff story mode just basically (laughs) story mode and and that's what i like yeah Mm. It's... Don't even deal with the combat. Like I don't like the less of it, the better. I have, I modded it so I have more party members, so I can make the combat even faster. So we can just like steamroll through everything. Because that's just what I, not, it's not why, the way uh... I want to engage with the game. I realize it's just it's not about <coughs> combat. That's but the rest of it is so 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 good. Like holy yeah. shit! I can't wait to see how, this, how some of these things, these decisions I've made are going to pay off. It's just like I, I stopped as a plan before this. So yeah, it, it's Damn. funny because it wasn't on the show notes, but it, it is like I'm sorry, every, but I just was like. No, no, it's good. Every interaction feels like like the most tense, thoughtful, um, consequence-heavy moments in like an entire Bethesda or not Bethesda Bioware game, right? It's like all of Mass Effect One leads up to like one pivotal decision. It's like this happens like every fucking five minutes in Baldur's Gate Three, but it doesn't get fatiguing or feel like fake. It yeah. feels it just it's feels a lot earned. of stuff that you like about Cyberpunk. This game oh, does yeah. too. Yeah. Like it's very hmm. similar in that regard. I would say. Cool. So. All right. No yeah, more. I'll, sorry. I'll pl- <laughs> I'll play it eventually. <laughs> I wasn't trying to just proselytize you on this game. Yeah. The, the I, just event, more, like, I just more was like, I know Orin would love this game. Is really what it comes down to. Like, I want to share this with him. Yeah. I know he'll love it. I think he would like it, but eh, there'll be a gaming drought one of these years. Yeah, it's, yeah, you got time. There's no rush. Uh, I don't well, think it's Well, 2024 is looking a little empty-ish. At the <clears> I could use that. I could use some space. Yeah, so like, I might, maybe top of the year, I'll play some of it. Yeah. All right. Um, Orin... You're a man that appreciates a well-constructed puzzle. Are you all right? I am. Are you? Are, do you need something? Was this? Was what is this gang signs you're throwing up? I don't know. I just was stretching, and then I did this. Okay. But... Okay. I thought you were trying to tell me something covertly, but anyway, you're you're a man who appreciates a well-crafted puzzle. Uh, 
And, and you're a man of intellect and brains who can really put those puzzles through their paces and solve them. <laughs> I just Do- want to say one thing at the top about this, because we're going to talk about the Talos Principle 2 by Crow Team. Mm-hmm. I think we need to rebrand Crow Team as the Talos Principle Studio and not the Serious Sam Studio, because oh. there's so much better than the serious sam games like way better hey man i don't <laughs> hey like man, serious sam, you stay here, i like okay? retro shooters be careful here I'm hey serious sam, is the shit, serious right? sam <laughs> like every time i play a serious sam game i'll play it for like 20 minutes and then uninstall it because i get so <laughs> bored like immediately i'm like <laughs> funny because <laughs> like, like i know exactly what you mean but i love serious sam <laughs> it's it's a game where your finger never leaves the like you just hold down the trigger the whole time like i never unclick left left mouse button so I'm like, okay, this. The OG game was like that. The OG like, game is. I like the OG game, but that was that was like 25 years ago. Well, that well, was here, a retro shooter when like retro meant like three years ago. True. <laughs> well, here here here's like the thing. Like the first te- like a couple months ago, there was this trend going on Twitter, or like a month ago, where people were posting their like top 25 favorite games of all time. And I participated that in that as well. But like literally the moment I post my top 25, I was like, fuck, I forgot the first Talos principle. Cause I like love that game. That was like the one game that I forgot to include in my top 25 that I should have. And so like, I clearly love this franchise and, uh, I put like 30 minutes into the Talos principle too. So literally just starting the game, but like, playing it immediately i just felt right at home i was just like i love like these puzzles i love the vibes like the thing about the talus principle it has like this like even though it technically isn't this because it was made in 2023 it has like this like early like mid 90s like pc quality to it where everything kind of feels otherworldly and dreamlike like booting up mist or something like that and the game has that flavor that I just think is so great. And I love feeling that in 2023. And, uh, but also the puzzles are great. I'm, I'm already sure the story is going to be awesome. Like the first game, because the whole concept of the story, it, um, they have this principle called the Talos principle. And it's the whole idea that um, if a machine is conscious, even though it's like an auto- automaton, does that mean that something made out of, organic matter is also a machine like if these two things can be conscious at the same time so it asks all these philosophical questions Hmm. in addition to being a really cool puzzler um so i know i'm already gonna get super sucked into it like i'm sure i'm gonna be playing it all week and i'm really excited to dive in yet another game of the year contender in a year of game of the year contenders so won't stop coming Oh won't God. stop but but we so gotta rebrand now, huh? we i'm sorry how's your list looking now you having a hard time oh, uh are you feeling I, shook? I, just, I just boot off uh dredge from my top 10 whoa there dredge is off the list so this year man ugh, it's gonna be really hard but um that tell us principle too like we got to rebrand crow team they're not the serious sam studio they're the talos principle studio Make it happen, everyone. Okay. The studio that brought you uh, Talos Principle and Serious Sam. No, just Talos uh, a, a thinker and a stinker, am I right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I can get behind that. It's so bizarre. It's so jarring. It's like they're ma- they make like one of the most critically acclaimed puzzle p- franchises and then like 
a C grade boomer shooter. Sorry, Kevin. But anyway. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Serious Sam fan, but I am a Serious Sam fan. Same, 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 same. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You're, you're allowed to play the demo for the Serious second Sam one. Is, is, uh, <laughs> is definitely like a, a stupid game, but it's like a, a stupid game that I like, you know? I'm trying to think of other studios like that where like they're known for one game, but they're way better at another type of game, but they're not known for it. But like Crow Team is like the epitome of that for me. So hmm. I'd have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, that sounds that sounds cool. Did we make it through all of the games on this list? I think, I think we so. have. I think we did it. Uh, the topic of the week is, are you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. What was the super bestest horror game of 2023? Options are Alan Wake 2, Amnesia the Bunker, The Dead Space Remake, Dredge, which I, I hear got kicked off a list, <laughs> uh, Remnant 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that was a game. Um, yeah. Was that, yeah. that was a game. <laughs> is it like an Ace versus game? Like, oh, of course it was. Yeah, is that what it was? Was it like I don't know Friday the Thirteenth? Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. And same publisher as well. Honestly, yeah, the the most scary slash tragic game on this list, Redfall. <laughs> that who put that on there? That's so funny. <laughs> Redfall on there. Is that Aaron? Yeah, I think. I, oh, maybe I, I think I. Oh, uh, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> are we missing something i feel like there was like another horror movie or uh, game let me uh, look at my game of the year list well if you wanted you could say the cyberpunk dlc uh you hmm. could say that but uh um the no, protocol think... kind of applies because it came out super late last year but eh. oh system shock i don't think so oh system shock oh, system is, shock. is legit go. yeah i'm um go. that's another I, game that I, I need that... to like get back to. Dude, how am I gonna play all these games before even the second week of January? Um, Does Diablo 4 count? I mean, no, it doesn't. No. So. No, it's it doesn't. it's got great horror vibes, but like Yeah, it does. It's not scary. It's not scary. You're playing it with four friends or three friends and they're just running you through all the dungeons and you're like, guys, I just wanna I just wanna use my my specials and they're like don't worry about it you get to do it after eight more run-throughs um <laughs> yeah. this is a personal problem um i should have played that game alone Orin played that game the right way you played because you mostly played it alone right diablo 4 yeah uh, yeah i played it alone I, i'm not gonna lie like the more i get away from diablo 4 the more i think that game was kind of boring uh <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. I, I realize I'm just yeah. like not a Diablo person, but um it was cool, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So question about this topic. Yeah. So what 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 the greatest what? horror game Super is Bestest game Super that, Bestest. Is it the game that we felt was the most effective as a horror experience or Back just a game old. that was horror and that we just like I don't because I'm like, well, if I had to pick one, I know my obvious choices here, but also Resident Evil Four? obviously see that's like once again (laughs) i'm just the gatekeeper the hater the resident evil 4 hater i love that game but it's like it's john wick the video game you are you are the doom like slayer in that game like you are the scariest thing in the game 
Perfectly can can I, can I, uh, like, here, here's where I'm at. Cause I actually did not come into this topic with a prepared, like, this is the one I'm going to pick, no, but, but it is him. But, like, but yeah, <laughs> well, well here, here's, where, it, just kidding. Here, here's where I'm thinking. Cause like, you're right. Resident Evil four remake is probably like my favorite game in this list, but it's more a John wick video game than like yeah, a horror game. Get- but it rocks. It's so good it at rocks. being a John Wick game. It's a That's good John Wick game. Like, yeah, like, it's great. Like, if I had to pick the game that I thought was the best scary-ish game would be Dead Space Remake. Yeah. For me. Sure. Hmm. What, what, what are you thinking? Project. What are you thinking, Nick? Do you have, like, an idea of what, what it would be? Like, I'd, I'd be tempted, tempted to pick Alan Wick, too, but recency bias... For sure, definitely, it's like keeping me from choosing it. Also, I haven't finished it, so you know. But they probably actually do have to go with Amnesia: The Bunker, because if we, like we're talking about horror games. I was never freaked out during like Resident Evil Four or or, or any like Remnant Two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like any of those games. I think they are effective games for what they are trying to do. But in terms of sheer horror, it's Amnesia: The Bunker for me. Is Remnant uh, Two even a horror game? It's like a fantasy game. What? Remnant Two, you like fight like flying fairies in that game. All right, well, uh, re- th- segue, two, evil segue, bad segue. Uh, yeah, Amnesia: The Bunker. I agree. Is is actually a scary game that, that that brings the horror. You spend half the time in the dark. Let me tell you, you're playing this game with the lights off and an OLED TV. You're just sitting in the dark. <laughs> like all I can see is the light on my controller. Um, well, the mechanics are just so <clears throat> like yeah, they're all directly tied into the horror itself with the limited inventory space keeping the generator running, keeping track of the clock. Actually, like the actual usage of the flashlight is directly correlated to how much in peril you may be. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, I, the, the more distance I have with this game, the more I like it, um, which I still really loved it when it came out. But even now, like it's been about six, seven, it's been over half a year since I played it. And it's still like, up there they've also added i don't know if, if any of you have tried it yet i haven't but they've added like a new update mm-hmm. where you can customize your own run with different settings make it harder or easier and there's like a new difficulty mode so they're yeah they're they're, they're doing cool things there um yeah that's that's my pick even though i have to say i haven't played either dredged or that dead space remake yet mm. which i'm looking forward to for like christmas season that's those are like two of my games on the wish list that I'd like to get because I do like those types of games. And I do like the original Dead Space, so... Uh. Yeah. But even just for novelty's sake, yeah. I'll say Amnesia, the bunk. Uh, um, I, um... So here's the thing. I haven't played Amnesia, the bunker yet. I know. I, re- I really should, and I think maybe that's part of a, a testament to why it could be the best horror game of 2023. It's too scary for been, you. Like, I'm just too much of a baby. Yeah, I just haven't played it. But uh, but I will say my one, the one pushback I'll say is, I feel like Alan Wake Two has a lot of horror tropes that I've been looking for in a video game for a long time, that I just haven't seen, and I'm so happy to see them come back. Um, for example, and a lot of it comes goes back to Silent Hill Two. Just like the emphasis on puzzle solving and trusting the player to solve the puzzle and having those puzzles have a supernatural edge to them. Like, I feel like I haven't seen that 
in a horror game since like the early 2000s it feels like especially a triple a one um and and also just like the fact that the tone can go in so many different directions like it could be really funny and goofy and whatever and then it can be really terrifying or it could be really exuberant and i think that to me is like such a great like trope of a lot of my favorite horror especially like david lynch movies like whenever i watch twin peaks the return or like any david lynch movie it just feels like the tone in the story can go any which way and i think that was that was what made alan wake 2 so effective as a horror experience for me so i'm kind of liable to say alan wake 2 but i think amnesia the bunker is probably the scarier game i would vote for alan wake over amnesia personally i don't like playing amnesia it's like 2 2010 for me no I'm hate sorry, there Kevin, guys sorry I, I can't hear what you're saying i'm sorry it's just like <laughs> God, i just don't want to run and hide i'm so sick of this mechanic i don't want to run it gun this time around you can't do anything with it other than shoot you can fire. shoot him you can <laughs> catch him on fire you can set traps uh you can do all kinds of shit you can do things that I don't you know, definitely man. couldn't do in amnesia i uh i tried this game i gave it a good a good shake and i think after playing these games i think it's i've had my fill of that genre mm. so again no hate but maybe it's not for kevin stealth horror yeah. i think they call it pc gamer called it stealth horror which i think is accurate uh, i think that was that would be i think it's not a genre that i like yeah i'm kind but, of the, uh, i think that's what i struggle with is like i for me when i play horror games i really love the the whole element of kind of like slowly clearing a space and you have like bullets that you have to think about and you're solving puzzles. I'm not like, honestly, that's part of the reason why Resident Evil 2 Remake isn't one of my favorite Resident Evil games because I just don't like the Mr. X segments. Like I'd rather just like not have Mr. X in the game sometimes. Um, Not that so much that I'm scared of Mr. X. It's just that I don't like running away from him, you know? Like that's not why I play these games. I think... It's more annoyance. Yeah. I actually thought Resident Evil Village did it really well with the Beneviento stuff because it's like they just contained it to one level. But um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of on Kevin's side though. I, like I I again recency bias with Alan Wake two, and I also haven't played Amnesia. But like I I do think Alan Wake two like it's so cool playing a horror game that actually has that <laughs> atmosphere, has that tone that's always changing is always surprising you has the puzzle solving element like it's like it's like a 2001 triple a game in 2023 it's really cool yeah i mean i i would allow alan wake too uh i i think you know as long as amnesia the bunker gets gets its respect i also feel like system shock remake ought to get a special mention for being uh a pretty good uh retro horror you know because like that is like the granddaddy of, of of a lot of these games um so i like that yeah i think system shock 2 uh i mean just hearing gladys not gladys gladys Shodan <laughs> talk again. <laughs> got, it, got it backwards there Shodan talk again and and uh appearing in the walls and stuff was really a cool thing i i definitely like the, the vibe of system shock i definitely will will vouch for that it's very compelling i what about like dead space like, Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to change it. I feel like Dead Space would... I mean, I'm fine making it be Alan Wake 2. Because from what I've played, it, it does seem like it could be a very scary game. And, and I think that what Remedy's doing there is really cool. And I do like, to Oren's point, when stuff is 
uh, varied in its tone in the game. I remember Shinji Mikami saying something about like you can't make a game scary all the time because people will just get numb to it and it doesn't they don't feel anything anymore. You have to have these peaks and valleys. And I think that that's kind of also like how like life is. Like life can be funny, it can be scary, it can be like it can be a lot of things. Like it's not just one thing. So I think when you have like a little variance in the tone is is nice. Uh, so I like that about on Lake Two with myself. Um, but I don't know. I, I haven't played it enough to like to say. So wish I played a little more during COVID. I will say as well of, of Alan Wake 2 is horror. There, there's just some things that are slightly off. Yeah. That I find incredibly unnerving, and I want to see their payoff. There's this. I don't even. I think it's a hidden collectible. Like I, I kind of realized it after like four or five times doing it. Or there's just deer heads in Saga's levels, yeah. and you can interact with them, and she just yeah. pets them, and it's like, yeah. t- t- like comforting them in a way. I was like, that's very disturbing. It's like, what's the context here? Like, there's it's definitely going to pay off in some way with her story. I hope so, but it's like, I don't know, it's small little details like that, the ways, the ways you can interact with the world, or even when you open... I don't know some cult stashes, or you find pages of the manuscript, like it's all, or you find notes scattered around the place. Some of them are very funny, but the others are just disturbing. Of people like talking about their lives or seeing some very messed up things. It's a very, yeah, I, I don't know. I think if once I finish it, it might actually be Alan Wake too, <laughs> as as the best one. Um, but I'm not there yet. Like I, I want to see where it goes. Um, just to give it it's the respect that it deserves, but probably might be. How about end. this, guys? Here's a question on that on that front. To next point, is Alan Wake two the most original horror game this year? I mean, at, at moments, it's almost indistinguishable from Twin Peaks: The Return, but, like, is, but, you know, but, yeah. but like in the realm of gaming, for a video game, like it's like it does feel like it's like, hey, this is a different thing. Like it is. Oh yeah, it feels like a breath, a breath of fresh air, so it, to speak. To like, use a horrible like, cliche, yeah. but. It it's like impression. it's like two things it's like um they're doing twin peaks the return of the video game but it also really feels like they're making si- like the true silent hill sequel that people were waiting for like it really feels like mm-hmm. that like this is what pt was supposed to be mm. yes like they, they actually do the pt like like loops and interactivity way better than anything that Bloober team has done <laughs> like in a, in a much more focused manner as well right yeah. they don't just drag it out like it's not just the one gag over and over they actually do something with it which i find to be nice in in alan wake segments like some of the hallways some of the areas just yeah uh, yeah what's, what's the name like you know when, when the perspective keeps on changing and the world just changes around you in uh in impossible geog- geometry or whatever it is yeah yeah it's all right, my vote's on Wake 2. We've all, we've also, all that in. beer commercial, huh? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, that was, oh, wait, the, no, Tim, that was the, the Tim and Eric thing I was talking about. I haven't uh, seen that. I saw <laughs> the, uh, the, tour, the tours commercial, which was funny. Okay, all right, it's... I'm going to vote for Alan Wake. I think it's the most original horror game. Oh, game. Alan Wake. It's not a remake. It's not uh, slow crawling from monsters. It's, it's my vote. What about fishing in a sleepy New England uh, that game village? Was very, that game was also super original, actually. That's like the other, but I didn't feel like it was ever scary, but it had a nice, like, creepy tone, is how I felt. Redfall? Yeah. <laughs> Redfall. <laughs> no, Dredge. Uh, I mean, um, yeah. another thing about Alan Wake 2, if we're going to, like, give it the best <clears throat> horror game of 2023, just like the 
nursery rhyme puzzles and just seeing how they would pay off every time was always so suspenseful. Like I was like, oh fuck, is something going to happen that's really messed up when I solve this nursery rhyme puzzle? <laughs> and that Did suspense you, every time. Sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead. Did you watch the uh, dev dev developer diary? De I cannot talk today. Developer diaries for this game at all? No, I didn't. They, what did they, they say that, about it? Nick did. So, did you see the the part where they said that they wanted the game to feel like part a horror story and then part a detective story? And they said that mm -hmm. they were saying that in their perspective, they're like neighboring genres because, like, a horror story, you have to like look away when it's scary. Or as a detective genre, you want to like investigate, look closer. So they wanted to kind of like marry those two things together into this game, and that was like really what they were going for. Because they said they cited Seven as a big influence on this game hmm. as well. Oh, you got to watch that movie, yeah. Kevin. I did. You watched Seven? Spoilers, it's my recommendation, yes. Oh my god, yes! This is like 20 <laughs> years I've been trying to get him to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. oh my god, dude, can we do a whole spoiler cast after this about Seven? Um, no, I'm kidding, but uh, that's that's awesome. Okay. What's in the box? Yeah. yeah, what's in the box? Uh, I'm, I'm going to no. vote for Alan Wake, too. I think I've convinced myself. I mean, Amnesia's probably scarier. I'm sorry definitely to Definitely scary. But, uh, but I'm going to vote for Alan Wake, too, because it's just like what... It's the Silent Hill game that I've been waiting for. You know? Like, it's here. Yeah. We finally got it. All right. Are we closing We got a Remedy book? Horror game, too. It's the Rejoice. It's exciting. Yeah. Day. Yeah, okay. I think it's locked in. Four votes. Uh, the super bestest horror game of 2023 is Alan Wake 2, with the special runner-up being Amnesia the Bunker. That's a, that's a, that sounds good to me. There you go. That's good. good. And uh, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is... Uh, you, you are the danger. You really you really are the danger, right? I yes think Resident no. Evil 4 might still like potentially be my game of the year. That game is so fun. That is the best John Wick fun. game I've ever played. It, it, it's like the best action game ever. It's, so I think, it's, uh, it's definitely one I of them. I think yeah. John Wick is the best Resident Evil 4 movie. That's where you got it backwards because Resident Evil 4 came first. So <laughs> I, I do want to make a special note that Kevin had been considering Returnal as a game for this year because he played it this year and it came to PC this year. And I'm surprised oh, yeah. he made no effort to say, like, because Returnal is an incredible horror game. So I, I wasn't sure Returnal. if it counted. Yeah. Does it count? No, it's we already closed the book, so it doesn't count. All right. If it counted, then fuck yeah. Returnal's but I, the shit. I, I just wanted to say that because Returnal's the shit, yeah. I love Returnal, but... Uh... If Returnal counts, then we should just give it game of the year because... Uh... Uh, so we can we give it retroactive yeah. game of the year because Oren said once you guys beat it, he said this two years ago. He was right. Oren was right. A famous quote, quoting it again. Oren was right. <clears> yeah, that's the quote. Oren was we, right. We gave it to fucking Forza. Like, why did we Dude, do that? Dude, I don't know. So that dumb. game. We were all hey. locked inside. That's a game where you got to drive around Mexico and like go real fast with your friends. That was pretty good. Here's the deal, Oren. I couldn't vote for it if you remember correctly. I'm not talking about the pod, but I couldn't vote for Eternal because I hadn't played it. So I was like, Aaron's played both. He gets the pitch. Uh, honestly, the same thing's going to happen this year with Baldur's Gate. Like, I'm going to play it in, like, February, and I'll be like, fuck, we should have done it in this game of the you year. Should, you should. That's what I'm like. Probably <laughs> that's going to happen, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, crunch for it for, like, the next month and a half. But uh, one, one last thing before we move on. Dead Space Remake has been uh, losing a lot of game of the year's theme. Oh. Kind I know. Of I feel sad. It's awesome. It was came out. It came out early on. It like got dehyped because it came out so early. 
It's just there's been a lot this year. And it's it's a remake of a game that still really holds up. I will say though, like Hitman Freelancer and Hi-Fi Rush came out at the same time, and those games are like much higher on my top ten list. So it makes me wonder if like maybe like just remaking a game and not like and just kind of polishing it up it up and not really like going for it like the RE4 remake did. Like maybe that just kept it back. I don't know, but yeah. These are my thoughts. These are the thoughts mm. I have. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's let's move on to Rex and, and close this shop up. Nick, I'm going to let you go first, my friend. Well, one of the last times I came on this podcast, I think like last year we did a, a special on the best shows or something like that. And I remember Orin said, Atlanta, it's finished. It's amazing. It's excellent. You should watch it. You love Twin Peaks. You love all those inspirations. You should watch it. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it. And it took me, I think, like, eight months to actually get around to starting it <laughs> but i did and i finally finished it last week or like a few days ago actually and i really loved it i think atlanta oh, yeah. is indeed just a great just a great show in general like we we're talking about tonal shifts with alan wake and that's definitely present in there like some episodes are really serious and dramatic others are just creepy others are just first of love out love laughing it's it's great it's completely different from what i was expecting even having like seen clips of it online um just a, just a fascinating balancing act and the way it changes formats sometimes like there's some episodes that are a tv show and they're uh, like a documentary and it's it's so clever so definitely like if anyone's listening they haven't they haven't watched atlanta yet but don't do what i did and just get on it straight away <laughs> it's it is worth it it's very very much worth it i'm glad i finally did it yeah, that's uh, that's like my favorite Twin Peaks show. That's not Twin Peaks, you know. Hmm. Like it's just really well done, and it's like Twin it has Peaks. Its... Like it is like uh, I, that's not what I, I thought I the show really, was yeah. at all. I, uh, I can see. I, it I would call it tw- tone maybe. Well, well, it was uh, Donald Glover pitched it as Twin Peaks with rappers. Hmm. That's how he pitched it. So it's like it's not like exactly like Twin Peaks. Like there isn't like this interdimensional mystery that's like beneath all of it. But in terms of how it plays with format and tone, it's like very similar to like Twin Peaks, I think. But I love that show too. Oh my gosh. It's like one of my favorite shows ever. I'm so glad you watched it. It's it's uh, I, I love that core four of um, Ern, Van, Paperboy, and Darius. Darius in particular is like one of my favorite TV show characters ever. I love I love that that core team. It's some of the best scenes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> anyway. I gotta watch that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go really quick. My recommendation this week is everybody has people in their lives that just gaslight the shit out of you about about how sick they aren't when they are really sick and they're saying, "No, oh, I feel fine. There's nothing. I'm, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me." Okay, those people suck. If those people are in your life and you have to see them, keep your distance. If you don't have to see them, don't see them. Uh, it's one thing to be like, hey, I'm sick. If you want to come into my space, you're welcome. It's another thing to be like, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. And then get everybody sick multiple times. So clearly I'm, I'm it's nursing. It sounds like something um, happened to Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> I dodged that one. <laughs> Luckily. Anyhow, so... Uh, 
Yeah, my recommendation is, uh, you know, feel free to, to maintain your personal boundaries. And if you're sick, stay home. Like I've seen, I've seen way too many people now starting off again with being like, you know, I'm not doing well, but you know, I'm a trooper. I'm going to work. I'm going. I was like, no, like, like, that's, did you learn nothing from the past like three years? Yeah, no, like, I, this I feel was like the root of the problem. It's worse Just now. Starting all over again. Oh. Yeah, Oof, I, I don't yeah. know. History repeating itself. So, Kevin, if you ever got a delivery box delivered to you and all of your frozen goods were melted, would you just stand there and moan, What's in the box? What's in the box? Yes, I would moan, What's in the box? Uh, that was a good movie. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, I do recommend it. Um, I, I, I want to see Fincher make a scary movie because he's like so. His style is so adjacent. Like, he makes thrillers, obviously, which is adjacent genre. But I just want to see him make it like an actual horror like in like genre film because he's so close like that movie had such an oppressive gross vibe to it and they they nailed it so well um i felt like there was like a couple parts that were like a little top but like almost always it was like i also did predict a lot of the movie but that's fine like that's like you know i don't know seen stuff a lot i guess now so i feel like i had it kind of figured out quick sort of quickly but that's really it was yeah kind hmm. of i mean once once the package showed up, I was like, okay, I know. This is oh, well, okay, sure, sure. Was, and it's like a couple of things. But um, I, I don't want to sp- – no spoilers, yeah, right? Even though it's an old movie. Still, it's a, it's a classic, so I don't spoil it. But I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I think David Fincher, obviously – I mean, I watched Mindhunter. I haven't seen Alien 3. Never will, probably. But <laughs> Oh, you should watch it. It's not he great. He said but... from the negative, so it must suck. <laughs> um, should, uh, right? You should check out Zodiac. That's my, yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's my That's favorite David Hitler. Fincher movie. I love that movie. It, it's, it's it's like a more with the dragon tattoo. That's another good one. I, I recommend Zodiac because it's like seven. If it were like a lot more realistic and grounded, it, it's yeah. it's a really great movie. Seven was good. I, I thought it was it was fun. I also have another reappraisal for you. Oh, I'm going to half recommend Bo is Afraid now. I've like sat on it. I've read about it. <laughs> this I, is becoming a theme. <laughs> yes. So I half recommend it. I think, like, Mike, you should watch it. I know we talked about this. Has Mike watched it? He hasn't watched it. But he's heard us kvetch back and forth about it. So yeah. shit's spoiled. But I, I feel like I watched Ari Aster talk about it, too, and I kind of understand more what he was doing. Hmm. He definitely, you know what he said? He said after the second act of the movie, he says he gets like some some what of a sadistic joy knowing that there's still an hour left in the movie. Like he just thinks he's watching it. And he thinks that it's just really funny that people have to sit through like another hour of the movie. So there's definitely like some intentional anti-movie trolling with that movie. And I think that's like totally why you kind of like <laughs> why I felt the way I did when I first seen it. I was like what the fuck? But I think it, I don't know. I kind of I think there's some cool stuff. I think it's a movie that's it stuck with me. Is like what I'm saying. Like I still think about it now, even though I felt mixed about it initially. Hmm. You, you guys it, should, uh, you guys should check out Poor Things. I, oh, I feel like yeah. Poor, thi- but so poor Things that. is is very Bo is the fra- is afraid, but I think it works a little bit better than that movie did, in my opinion. Like I think it's going for a lot of similar things. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, Which I guess goes. that I, guess I only that watched could one movie a year. 
So <laughs> one movie a year. So you're, you're maybe up. next year. You've done it. Uh, when the next Ari Aster movie comes out, you've watched yeah, you two go. movies this year, Kevin. So I watched uh, seven, and I watched uh, Boza Fred. That's true. Two movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> what playing Alan Wake two is kind of like watching a movie. Yeah, that's how I get my yeah my consumption. <laughs> at that point, it's literally just watching a movie. But um, but I'm okay with that. I guess it's my turn. Oren, you are happening? up. I'm up. Uh, I think I think I already said my recommendation, but I'll say it again. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, is a really great Scorsese movie. I think it's like I've been sitting on it and seeing where like it is with my favorites. I think like The Wolf of Wall Street is still my favorite of this century. I just really le- love what that movie is doing. But this is probably a close second for me in terms of like past 25 years Scorsese. It's not like Killers of the Flower Moon. It's not like an entertaining movie. It's like a movie mm. that you sit and you watch it and you let it like wash over you and you you just kind of think about like the history of American evil and how evil is kind of permitted and rewarded in our society. And Robert De Niro gives like maybe my favorite performance he's given since the 90s. Like he is so such an evil character in that movie. He's like a Daniel Plainview kind of level monumental evil American performance. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just, I really was taken by killers of the flower moon. I thought it was a great movie. Nice. You know, what's funny is I was reading about the production of that movie because I was reading about Ari Aster and and Scorsese said he directly was influenced by him for the movie. So he wanted to slow the movie's pace down and make it like more, so his next movie is going to be five hours long um <clears throat> i'm there for it's it it's just that it's it's your fault if you need to go pee okay like so it's how, you the how... viewer's fault yeah be, be dehydrated one of, his best movies? one of scorsese's best or no he said it's one yeah, of his I, best I, this century oh this yeah century, like I'm if sorry. i were just like evaluating like the, the past 25 years like this century i think it's like strongly my second favorite that he's done but i, I know that differs from person to person like some people love silence. A lot of so people love the Irishman. Though. I love the Irishman. That's um, me. <laughs> yeah, I the like Irishman's that. great. I meant like yeah. of all of his everything. Everything. Yeah. Oh God, that's too much, man. It, it, it's kind it's of hard because he, he has so many bangers. It's like hard to like honestly like sometimes like I'll be like oh yeah this is in my top five but then I'll rewatch one of his movies that I like for example I rewatched After Hours recently. And I'm like, mm. oh shit, that's maybe one of my favorite Scorsese movies. So it's like every time I revisit his movies, I'm like, oh shit, maybe this is my favorite one. He's like a really hard director to rank. But um, mm. so yeah, that's why I'm just saying this century. I mean, I think Fair my enough. favorite of all time right now is probably Casino. Like, I really love Casino. And I just think it's like such a wild just story. Just the suits, of- huh? It's the suits, but it's like, it's like Goodfellas if it were about capitalism and legitimate gangsters which you could also say is about wolf of wall street but um that's kind of part of the reason like i love it when Mm. scorsese is making movies about like the all of these terrible things in american society but we've built our society in such a way that those same people are rewarded for being who they are the wolf of wall street's about that killers of the flower moons about that casinos about that 
and I think that theme really resonates with me. So I tend to gravitate to those more than like his like weird loner taxi driver movie. But that movie is like great in its own right. So it's like so many, he's made so many bangers in his career. It's truly remarkable what he's done. Hmm. I think doing a, a double feature of Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon is, is a highway to depression. <laughs> It's like yeah. two of the most important, I think, American films of the past like five or ten years, maybe. Just about American history and, and and humanity and all of that. It was very, it was very, um, it was very moving because not only I found the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon to be very just emotionally powerful and and uh, affecting at the end, but then right after, like the day after, I went to a museum in in Berlin. It was all about like the history of the country. And it was going backwards. It starts from like the fall of the Berlin Wall up until like the beginning of the 19th century. And in every single step of the way, it shows you like how things could have gone differently for better or worse. And how mm. sometimes, you know, like change needs to happen very, very early because no matter what, like a lot of lives are lost, a lot of like bad things still happen. And after watching it right after Killers with the Flower Moon, I was like, damn, like it hit on even a deeper level because in that film, it's all about just not even just bad men doing evil things it's just stupid men not doing anything <laughs> just not right. stopping the evil not not like like passively participating which ultimately becomes actively participating in that evil and in that violence and with so much of that going on nowadays it was like wow like it really it, it really got to me i think um, hmm. given everything that's that's happening around the world so I, I genuinely think like that and Oppenheimer can be if analyzed under the right lens can be very important films hmm. yeah if people focus on just you know sexing discourse and being too long it's right something else it just you know kills me uh, a bit I, I love how Scorsese is like a smart enough person where he doesn't like make the evil just like an individual level like oh these people are just evil because they're just bad eggs like he really draws he really makes it seem like it's like a giant institutional and societal problem problem like the fact that these native americans are like lobbying to the american government like oh my gosh they're poison like their people are dying in our community they're being killed with through fake suicides through being poisoned through the insulin whatever and the american government just takes so long to even like send like a few fbi agents to investigate it like it really shows like just how easily this stuff is just permitted you know and then like whenever the criminals go to jail and are punished like they'll always like either get out of jail early or like in Wolf of Wall Street, you see Jordan Belfort like playing tennis while he's in jail. It's like they're not really punished for being who they are. They're still like kind of propped up by society as like these amazing people. It's it, <coughs> he's he really he 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 gets it. Scorsese he gets it. <laughs> mm. You know. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to see that soon. Uh, maybe not do the double feature because that sounds. Heavy. A lot of movie. A lot it's of movie like too. Yeah. It's a lot of cinema. Seven hours of movie. Yeah. 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 A, lo a lot of cinema, as Scorsese would do. Cinema. Uh, 
Oh, shit. All right, guys, this was episode 99. So, Madden, that means that I have played your song at least 99 times in front of this podcast. That's not even including all the long jumps and, you know, Star Wars uh, episodes we've done. All the Star Definitely Wars episodes one. we've done. <laughs> I say the, the, the one Star Wars episode. Infamous. Uh, yeah, but. The Last Jedi for 30 minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Madden, we love you. Nick, thank you for stopping by. It was really great to speak with you. Um, glad to hear about all the cool stuff you saw at the Venice Film Festival. And uh, we're, we're going to have to have you back sometime soon to, to fill us in on some new shit. Oren, good chatting, my man. Kevin, love you, brother. We're out of here. We'll be back with episode nice. 100. Big milestone. Triple digits. <laughs> Wow. That's that's a little it's yeah. a little scary. Uh all right. Is that is that our game of the year episode or is that that's still No, no, that's in 2 weeks, man. Game of the year is in like 6 weeks. Um unless we're going on a long hiatus, but uh yeah, anyway. Uh thank you all for listening and we'll be back. Mm-hmm.